Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is recently retired Steadicam operator and now Steadicam instructor, Greg Smith. Greg's a great guy. Um, he came in and we just chatted for a long time and I really enjoyed it. And um, thanks to him. So we'll get right to the interview. Uh, please check out my Patreon page at patreon.com backslash walking backwards. Or you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy. Thanks for coming, Greg. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invitation. <laughs> and nice to meet you at the same time. Yeah, amazing. All these years, you always bump into somebody I don't think we've ever met. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think I saw you at Cinegear this year, but um, I don't. We didn't speak. You were talking to people, and because you had your teaching stuff set up. Yeah, it's a, it's you know I'm there, and it's there's funny. There's another operator named Craig Schmidt. Ever, did you ever meet Craig? I don't think I have. I know the name. And yeah. he ended up being more of a. Uh, remote head operator. Oh, okay. And we were friends over the years, and every once in a while he said to me, listen, uh, you'd be surprised how many jobs I got from you. I said, what do you mean? Because they'd call him up and say, hey, is Greg Smith available? I said, yeah, that's me. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But he's a great guy. He's, and he just, you know. Was he just kidding around, or did it actually happen? Oh, I happen? think he actually got a couple of them. That's you know? funny. They would, people confuse us, confuse us all the time. Really? Yeah. And we don't look anything alike. He never did study cam, but just they see Greg Smith. Right. Yeah. When you were assisting, that was happening? No, that was when I was an operator. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's funny. Um, yeah, that's that's really funny. Actually, who was it? Brooks Robinson was yes. telling me, you took over. He was supposed to do a movie, and then he got injured. Um, Billy, with, Lynn's, uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Yes. With uh, John Toll. And Ang Lee, right? Ang Lee, yeah. And if if I'm not mistaken, it was 3D with F-35s? It was 3D, two F-65s. F-65s. <laughs> and... Um, on the rig. On the rig. Um, they had decided um, the 3D department had developed a box that they decided they could put everything in this box. And it was like having a black box in your car. It was 11 pounds. And I had to build, I had special effects, build a shelf out from the bottom of my rig to stick it on. Then I had to make, place a support beam up the rig to the battery system just so the whole thing wouldn't flex. Oh, my. Then to get to that point, um, GPI Pro were so sweet. They actually, I ended up having four gray canisters in a Atlas arm. In a, you know, the top line arm. Yeah. And I think that goes up to 90, maybe 90 pounds. And the rig topped out at uh, 125. And it had a four inch loom coming off of it. Oh, my God. It was like it was like lifting a refrigerator. Yeah. It was out of control. Out of control. Wait, so it was 120 with everything on your body. Yeah, like 125, everything all in. Right. Because so the arm barely could hold it on. The arm couldn't even lift it. I, oh, it couldn't? I, no, I lifted. If it, you know, you let go of your arm, it just sags. It would just hit the bottom. <laughs> John told so sweet. He said, he looked at me and went, listen, I'm going to try to keep this rig off you as much as I can. But he said, there's one shot that's got to be done. And it goes through this whole house. And it's a wonder. And the only way I can do it is steady count. He says, I don't care if you do another shot in this movie as long as you do that shot for me. Okay. So I would go to um, the design department, and I got all the schematics of the room. 
of the house. And I would at lunch tape it out wherever we were. And when I would do practice sessions, and I figured out that I had about an inch each side to get through a doorway. That's how wide the camera was. <sighs> but I think that was the end of the left knee. That was the second surgery after the neck, left the left oh, knee. Oh, no, yeah, really? Was, I could just tell. It just, for all, you, right. for all you young blokes out there, you know, when they, when they show you something that heavy, it's just, nah. I just wanted to work with John Tolan Angley. Come on. I understand that. I mean, that's... I get it. And it was a great experience. It was great to work with those guys. And, you know, sometimes you got to pick up what you don't want to pick up to be with the people you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, that's crazy, though. Did you attempt to do anything to boost the, the arm, like rubber bands or... I've had, you know, I've never done... I Sorry, I did do that years and years ago. This was, it wasn't going to help. But I was doing a, I'd been flown into the, to the desert to meet Chuck Minsky. You ever work with him? No. I know his name. Yeah. yeah. Been around. I think he shot Pretty Woman. Matter of fact, I'm sure ah. he shot Pretty Woman. Okay. And uh, he was doing some commercial in the desert. And I was one of those times, it was a day call for a Steadicam guy. And you show up in the middle of nowhere in the Arizona desert. And he <sighs> says, okay, it's going to be the Steadicam shot. He says, yeah. the assistant says, hey, I got that camera on the truck. And I go out to the truck, and it's a, uh, it's the old school Panalite, I mean, um, Panaflex two. Panaflex two. Panaflex two. They never, they did not send a lightweight. They sent a Panaflex two. I don't even know if I've ever used one of those, honestly. <laughs> well, you've never used it on a Steadicam, that's for sure. No, no, for yeah. sure I haven't. And uh, and on top of that, the whole thing had to have a ten millimeter on it. Oh, that giant ten. Yeah. And I had the 3A arm by Center Products, yeah, which is, it's a great arm. To yeah, this day, yeah. it's a great arm. And I rubber band the hell out of that arm to get it to carry it. <laughs> it's the only thing I could do. Uh, so you had the rubber band set up on standby? I did, what I said is I looked at their PA and I said, go to the nearest place you can find. Give me every rubber band you can find. <laughs> And he came oh back, and I just started. How'd you attach it? Would you put to? I just, I just opened up the rubber band, just one at a time, just over the arm, just kept putting them over the arm. It looked like you know, it was, a, it was looked like a crime scene, like I was trying to disguise my fingerprints from a gun, you know. Over oh, the arm, though, from where to where? That's what I'm trying. You know to... how the you have two sections of your arm, sure, and they expand. Mm -hmm. What you do is use the rubber bands to not allow them to expand. Oh, is that so how you do? It? So okay. your arms, your arm doesn't bottom out got it so it becomes very stiff sure it's not right 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 but at least it's not you're not holding it up the whole time yeah um no i remember seeing larry mcconkey do it with a ultra arm mm -hmm. or a master arm for yeah. imax yeah do you remember that uh, that photo there was a photo that went around but it was from like the middle of the bearings he had like little posts stuck out McConkie's, he's, you know... He's and a, then the bands He's around. a Steadicam genius, you know. Well, yeah. I mean... But so that's a different... I didn't know about that, that method yeah, that, that style. you used. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, okay. That's down and dirty, you know. Yeah, well, it's easier to do on a short <laughs> notice than his way. Yeah. That's for sure. That's why I was so curious. Yeah. But um, uh, that's crazy. So how heavy... It was heavier than a gold, obviously. Like a G2. A G2 is probably a little heavier than a gold. Oh, really? Because I think that... Um, I think it had a more intense eyepiece to it, <clears throat> and you couldn't remove it. Oh. Uh, 
Well, the G2, you could do the video top, mm-hmm. um, which took quite a few pounds off, but that thing was still heavy. <laughs> yeah, this one, they didn't even send it out. You know, you're just plugging the eyepiece. <laughs> Man. Uh, and how'd the shot go? It was fine. I actually did a couple movies with him after it because of that. And he looked at me and said, you know what? I hired you for this job because you figured out a way to do the shot. Great. You know. Because he saw that this was not like ideal. This is, yeah, he knew. <clears throat> Chuck Minsky grew up in the camera department. You know, he came up uh, to the ranks. He's old school. And he knows what it takes. And he knows when somebody just doesn't stand there and stomp their feet and go, I can't do this. Every time I pick up, you gave me a glass of water. Every time I pick it up, I, I was hearing um, Chris Harhoff's ice, uh, ice clinkle. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> some on purpose and some not. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, oh, well, back to the back to the the three D thing. Um, you did the shot. How many takes did you do? I mean, how long was it? I'm curious. I think we did. I think we ended up doing eight takes. And each take was about maybe three minutes. Okay. Which is a pretty long, damn long when you have something that heavy. Yeah, it's it's and the it ends up as a you have to settle in and hold a frame. So okay. it doesn't end on a cut. It ends on Although I assume with that much weight the lock offs are pretty sat easy. It's like a pig, you know, it's <laughs> just let go. It's like just it's you know, twenty mile an hour winds aren't gonna affect it. Yeah, that that was the nice it's, thing about those heavy film cameras. I mean, they, they, you know, they they were rock solid. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was in I was old school. I grew up in an eyepiece and and using the wheels and that. And um, I loved looking through an eyepiece. Yeah, um, a real eye, an optical yeah. eyepiece. I hate yeah. the digital eyepiece absolutely. But I think the advantage of your digital cameras now, as far as that low center of gravity. Mm-hmm really does help with your study cam it doesn't help that you gotta fly for 55 minutes now or yeah you know, in our day it was four minutes i knew the party was over in four minutes you could do whatever you wanted but in four minutes it was over it was getting know? set down <laughs> or handed to a grip when you're running out of film you know it's over four when minutes that's all you and then the f- 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 yeah uh that was sometimes a relief that was a brilliant sound that I didn't was, do too many. Yeah, I was. That was a. That was the act. It stopped everything on the set. Actors, oh, yeah. everybody, roll out. It's like, <laughs> I remember it was a big thing too. Like with assistants, like making sure you don't roll out. Obviously, when you're doing a long steady cam shot, that happens. Yeah, I, I've done it where I did a movie with um, Burt Reynolds. Uh, R.I.P. Burt. Right. Um, but it, this was. 2005 and even then he couldn't remember any lines so <clears throat> we would do like a one page scene we did all of his stuff the whole movie on Steadicam and uh, and we rolled out I remember and it was him and James Woods who is a very professional actor yeah. knew you know good every guy. single good. knows everybody's lines knows what lens you're on the whole thing yeah good guy and we did this one page scene and I rolled out nine times straight <laughs> I remember <laughs> and then finally they they we were there okay well we have the first half page so we'll just we'll just start in the middle of the scene and then there was another one where um, uh, uh, Angie Harmon and Cuba Gooding Jr. were also in that movie and it was it was 
James, Angie, and Cuba, <coughs> and then Bird. Mm. And Angie was really pregnant, and she got she got morning sickness during this take. And she <laughs> Bird kept screwing it up and, but, to, and that, to try to save a take. Angie, all of a sudden, just I see out of the corner of my eye, goes running that way, and then you hear way in the background. <laughs> Felt so bad for her, but she was. We were all on the team trying to. Yeah. And, and Bert was cool, but he knew. And I mean, Scripty on this side feeding him one word after. Yeah, another. he's dying. He's, he's you know, Bert was a great guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the stuff he did was amazing. Oh yeah, and he joked. He you know he 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 kept screwing <clears throat> up, and he he made a joke like, uh, "Sorry guys, I I used to be." Uh, he goes, I used to be a big actor. I know you don't know who I am, but uh, I did a lot of drugs. So, <laughs> and you know, it, it can be a little frustrating, but but he was at least you know um, um, humble about it, and he wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't trying to blame anybody yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a class act. Yeah, he was a class act. Yeah, and I didn't know him back in the day where all the stories about him being a crazy wild man or whatever. But um, yeah, I ended up doing a couple movies with uh, Charlie Sheen in his day. Okay. And Charlie's a great guy. Yeah. He just is. He knows the crew. He knows who people are. He's just, he's a, he, he is a great guy, but that boy can party. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's not messing around. No, 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 no. What'd you do with, what'd you do with Bert? Bert, I actually, I never worked with him. My mother's a makeup artist. Oh, really? And my mother did his makeup on a couple of films. Oh. And, um. So you met him through her? Met him through him. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um. And and what about um Charlie? Which movies did you do? Uh, the classic I did with Charlie was I did um, Navy Seals. Oh yeah, okay. Which um, that was a big movie. For, yeah, for the time it was a huge movie. Shot by John Alonzo, who ah. is the gentleman who got me in the business. Oh really? Yeah, a lot. How of, did that uh, happen? I got in the business by a complete fluke. It was you know in those days it was a closed it was a closed union. You know you had to have thirty days on a union picture to get in the union and you couldn't work on a union picture unless you were in the union. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was super catch twenty. Figure it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well you had to be on a movie that flipped, which I don't know how many of them flipped back then. Very seldom the day. <clears throat> right. I mean, you know, they would do the old somebody wanted to get you and they'd wait till December twenty fifth at eleven fifty nine and say, Okay, you're hired. And you had to be there for that job that night. Right. You know, because they knew nobody else could would take the job. They try to sneak you in. They get you off the. They get you off. You know who else in the roster is going to take the job? Right. Nobody's on the roster. Then you get it. But I got in. It was supposed to be a training program, and I've been trying for about two years to get in. I used to. Uh, I deliver subpoenas at night, which was always fun. You know. <laughs> really. <laughs> Worked on my city cam skills as far as getting the hell out of there. But um, yeah, you stayed in shape. Yeah, running stayed for in people. shape for that. And um, what kind of subpoenas? Sorry, what kind of subpoenas were you? They doing? were all, the worst kind. They were, you know, domestic issue ones oh. where somebody's always pissed off. You know? Oh, and my I God. literally, there's a couple of times divorces and yeah, it's this lawyer I knew, and he said, "Hey, listen, kid, you know, make sure your buddies are with the uh, the keys in the car on, you know, so when you give them this thing, start running." Uh, but it was, and then I would work for. I got. I started. Did you have to do this? Sorry, I, I'm so interested by this. <laughs> did you have to do the? Did you say to them like you've been served? Is that the whole? Oh well, yeah, you got to walk up and, you say, and that say, "Hey, you, are you?" Uh, you they know, have to acknowledge they're the person. Yeah, they have to acknowledge it, and then you know, guys, is you can see that just the light bulb come on and the, the the blood drain out of their face, and you feel horrible. You know, you're just some eight year old kid just trying to get thirty just bucks to make for twi- right, thirty bucks. You know. <laughs> 
and you see this, you know, this poor man or woman with the blood drain out of their face, like you've just taken my soul. You know, it's right. It's the worst news they've gotten horrible. in a long time. There's nothing good that comes from a subpoena. There's nobody. No. You, you don't win the lottery. <laughs> That's funny. So that you know, that was in L.A. That was in L.A. I did. So, I grew up in L.A. Okay. And uh, I did that, and then I would go work for big time camera assistants. That's when you could go work for free on a set. Okay. And I would go with like Baird Steptoad and Mike Weldon and guys like that and Javi Jordan. And I would go work for free for these guys and I would just run around and do everything. Basically their PA? Yeah. And you know, you know, God love them. You know, they'd help me out. Like Baird, one time I said to Baird, hey, listen, I can't be here next week. He said, why? I said, I'm just, I'm out of money. I got to, you know, figure something out for, for a week. And he went, you know, I got some hazard pay. I'll pay you. I'll give you my hazard pay. Really? You know, just stick around. Yeah. You know, guys were really kind then. If you if you really showed that you wanted to do it, they would they help. were they were going to make it work. You know, so I had done. My mom was doing a movie called Over the Top with Sylvester. <laughs> Giant movie. She called was, classic. Well, not even a cult classic. Kind yeah. of a what's the right word? Yeah, I, um, cheesy classic a little cheesy, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's the Menachem Golem classic. You know. He was the director. He was the one that was all about. He would say that he would say he had this whole company. and They were pumping out movies like that. They were just making a fortune, right? And something would be completely mismatched, and the script supervisor would walk up and say, "You know, hey, this is wrong." You know, and he would say, "By the time they see it, I already have their five dollars in my pocket," <laughs> and that was his his mantra for this film. And uh, wow. So Stallone was in it. We're shooting, true art. Oh, it was unbelievable. We're shooting. We're shooting the the real uh, the real arm wrestling championships of the world with like a million dollar prize and you know giving away a semi truck. That's what you get for arm wrestling. You get a semi truck. <laughs> so you were working on this too. I go to work for free. My mom's doing the makeup artist. I'm sleeping on the floor of her hotel room. Right. Going to the camera department every day. Where did they shoot that? In Vegas. Okay. So, you know, the crew's out of control. Oh, um, I can't After imagine. the first two weeks, they send the... Uh, Are you in a casino hotel? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, boy. You know, of course. After the first two weeks, they send the uh, stunt coordinator the stunt coordinator home because he's, he's... It's too much. He's done. He's already <laughs> spent this week, last week. He spent every dime, you know. <laughs> it's gone. Oh, no. I got to get him out of here. And, yeah, uh, this is the... It's going down a bad road. Yeah, you know. Put him on a plane. It's... So we were there, and uh, I end up, I end up doing that movie. Um, I finished that movie, and within a couple weeks, uh, John Alonzo, God rest his soul, was always somebody who wanted to help people. He always wanted to get people in, and uh, he uh, he says to Hobby Jordan, the first time I was working with, "Hey, listen, I want to. I'm supposed to get this producer's son in by the name of uh, Craig Smith. Okay, <laughs> you know where this one's going, right?" right, right. He says, uh, I want to get him in. Do you know the kid? And Javi says, I'm working with him. Great. So I end up uh, starting on this film called Real Men. Okay. With John Bellucci and John Ritter. Jim Belushi and John Ritter. You have never heard of it. No. <laughs> I've heard of those actors, though. But it got me in the union. You know? Awesome. And uh, two weeks into it... Uh, Hobby looks at me, my first, and he says, uh, 
if Alonzo ever calls you Craig and not Greg, don't correct him. What happened was he thought he was getting in this producer's son, and they got you in by mistake. <laughs> Get out of here. No. So that's how I got in the union. Oh. <laughs> and then I. That's odd. Did he ever find out? No, he never. I mean, he knew. I, mean, I, I ended up working off with him for like 14 years. I went to, I was a loader with him. I was a second. I was a first. I was an operator, you know. And did he call you Craig the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he called me idiot a lot. No. <laughs> did, he, did he make the connection, though? No, I think he just kind of, he, John was one of those guys who was really sharp. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, he just let it go. He just, yeah, he knew better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I trip, I, you know, I tripped my way in that way, and uh, I became a, a loader from a second because I was doing internal affairs with him. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, Richard Gere. Yeah. And um, he uh, he has me. Uh, he wouldn't would carry a B camera, and he just have he would just operate it. One day he says, "Kid, go to the truck and get the B camera. I got a second shot here. You know, smoke a cigarette." Okay. I never knew him, so I don't. No, he always had a cigarette in his mouth, and he'd do a handheld. And that's before Preston. That's when you took yeah, yeah, a whip. Yeah. Sure. And you grabbed the whip and, and you had to, you know, do the dance with him and he'd have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth that if your hand was too close it'd burn you while you're trying to pull focus while he, he, Even he, when he was doing oh, the yeah. hand out. Oh, going over here. You ever see a little smoke oh, in yeah, front it's of him? Hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's was, funny. No, he was brilliant. He was he was a brilliant man. Uh, so wait, so one day he says, get the B camera. So he says, get the B camera in the truck, and he, he, I get out there, and I set it up, and Richard Gere and... And you're the second. I'm the second, Richard Gere and Baldwin, one of the Baldwin, I think it's Billy Baldwin, are having this argument on a porch in the scene. And I've got this 100 millimeter on, and he's like, gonna be right there, just, you know, leave it at 10 feet, kid. And I'm like, all right, so put my hand on the knob. Oh, he's got you pulling, because there's yeah, no I'm second crew. Yeah. There's no, right, okay. So I put my hand on the knob, and uh, they get into the scene and the next thing Richard Gere swings or Billy swings Richard Gere like within five feet of the lens and I just by luck of the draw turn the lens the right way <laughs> it's your first time ever pulling yeah just oh my god you know if you let go of the handle your blood will come back in your hands you know it's <laughs> you get the death grip on the thing yeah know? and uh, it was sharp uh huh and Alonzo said you're 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 pulling focus for the rest of this thing. So I did it, you know. I did on that B camera. On B camera. Oh, okay. So, I was going to say it didn't bump you to eight. No. So then I go to do Navy SEALs, and uh, they get rid of Andy Dentonfoss after the first month of the film. They bring in John Alonzo, and uh, John Alonzo and the other first, you know, they don't get along real well. But John would never fire anybody. Right. And so. Uh, he looks at the other first and says, how'd you like to be an operator on the second unit? And the other first goes, hell yeah, why not? Looks at me and goes, you're the first now, kid. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Wow. So with Navy SEALs, no, uh, all nights, yeah. wide open. A lot of water work. Fight sequence, everything. You just. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie in a really long time. It's, I haven't I'm, seen the movie in a really long time. I think it was like 94, 90. I think it was 89 or 90. Oh, that long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's when Charlie was huge in his... in his And yeah. Michael Bean. Michael Bean, right. Yeah. 
These are all people. That I don't remember if that movie was any good. Was about. that movie any good? It's a cold classic. I don't know if you'd, you know. Yeah. It's definitely not Gone with the Wind. Well, I know that, but, you know, <laughs> as far okay. as that kind of movie yeah, goes. it's okay. It's there fun. were a lot of those kinds of movies yeah, getting made at the yeah. time. For what it was, you know, we had a director who was, you know, out of his mind. <laughs> who was it? Uh, Lewis, and are they still in the business? Louis Teague. The good news is I'm not in the business anymore, so I don't have to worry about any oh, of it. Oh, fair enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of your, your business adjacent. Yeah, you know, uh, with the lessons. You don't need referrals from these yeah, people, though. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Lewis had been, I don't know what was going on with him, but he just didn't have it together, and we had a whole Spanish crew, and it's just the movie wasn't happening, so they brought Alonzo in. Who could speak Spanish? Oh, you know, and uh, where were you shooting? All in uh, in Spain, all through Spain, and so it's a whole Spanish crew. Cool. Alonzo knows how to uh, how to communicate with everybody. Makes it so much yeah. easier. And I'm the new first. Like I said, I'm on the we're in the naval naval frigate out in the middle of the ocean, okay. in the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, all of a sudden a zodiac comes flying up, and Alonzo looks at me, goes, "Kid, get a get a camera and get in the boat." Okay, what lens do you want? What you know? Help me a little here. You know? so I'm just throwing stuff in the boat. And he goes, get in the, get in the goddamn boat. And he gets in the boat and he tells the guy, go. And we're holding on the camera and we're bouncing through these waves. We go out for about five minutes and Alonso tells the guy in Spanish, shut it down. And it shuts it down. And it's just me and this driver driving the Zodiac and Alonso. And he lights up a cigarette and goes, I just had to get away from that asshole for a minute. <laughs> So you don't even do a shot? No. It's just, it's you just, just drove out in the ocean yes. <laughs> just to get the hell away. He would love to do that on cranes. He'd put you on a crane and go, take me up. Take me up in the air for a wide shot. And he'd go up there just to get away. Yeah. Just to be left alone. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. He sounds like a great guy. But that guy shot, you know, Scarface. He yeah. He shot Chinatown. He shot Norman Oh, he Ray. shot Chinatown, right. Yeah, he did a lot of... He was he was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know? And he, he loved to teach. Yeah. You know, he really did. When he brought you up pretty fast, didn't he? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he moved me up. He just, uh, it's funny, I moved up to operator by uh, a man named Peter Levy, who I did some films with. And uh, uh, I was doing a movie with Michael Bean, no, Michael Martin Sheen, and Milu Estevez and uh, Kathy Bates. The one Estevez directed? Yes. Was that uh, um, The Way Home? No, um, The War at Home? The War at Home. Yeah, okay. I, I moved up to operator on that thing. Wow, and, cool. And uh, we were, I was brought the Steadicam in. It was going to be one of the first movies I ever did Steadicam on. And Peter Levy said, listen, just bring the Steadicam and Emilio wants me to operate. It's going to be a real small film. And George Sanchez was my first, my second, and I was the first. I said, okay. So Peter Levy and I go on mountain biking. Oh, so we, he's going to have you pull for him and then just do just steady, do steady cam. Yeah, okay, exactly. right. So uh, uh, that first weekend we go out mountain biking and Peter Levy takes a header right over the handlebars and throws one right into his ribs, breaks two ribs. Oh, no. So uh, we get back to set two days later and he's in so much pain. I'm watching, I'm watching his work and it's just brutal <laughs> yeah and uh, I finally looked at him I went I'm operating and I jumped on the camera I looked at George Sanchez I said you're the first don't screw up because I don't want to go back down <laughs> and that's how I moved up I moved up on that picture 
Oh, wow. So when you said that, he was just like... He knew it. He you're was, right. Yeah, he could not. It was a matter of time. Yeah, he had broken ribs. He was dying. Oh, my you God. Know, he was in so much pain. And how did Emilio take it? Oh, he was fine. You know, we ended up having a... Well, after he's floundering with yeah. his broken ribs, I'm he's sure... He's done. Yeah. I'm sure it looked better after that, you know, uh, so... <laughs> that couldn't hurt. You well, know. I was thinking on Navy SEALs, you're shooting where you don't speak Spanish, correct? No. But... Your boss does the one who, the one who's moving you up and wants you there, and he can protect you, and you don't you don't have to talk to these people, <laughs> which is kind of brilliant. No, he's he was he he you know he was one of those kind of guys that uh, I don't know how he would have done in the era with the cell phones, because mm. you weren't even allowed to have a piece of paper out. You were not allowed to have a newspaper out. You weren't allowed to have a book out. Like he expected you to watch him because if you weren't watching him, you weren't learning. You know, that was his theory. He, mm-hmm. was, he was a teacher. Right. I'm sure some people didn't like that very much. Yeah, there's always going to be, you know... Somebody wants just, to do their own thing. But he just had his way that, that he also commanded a lot of respect. You know, when you had done what he had done... Sure. You got you got a pretty... And in those days, you could really have a hand-picked crew. Right. Because you could keep your own crew... Your, your own crew consistently doing three movies a year. Right, you know, yeah, because you had the work, and yeah, now it's so scattershot every. I mean, there are some people working nonstop, but yeah, I think that you have to have a lot more cameramen in your wheelhouse. <clears throat> yeah, you know, than you used to. You know, there were guys that could make a living just with one cameraman uh, because that cameraman did three movies a year for fifteen years. Yeah, you know, now there's so many different choices. There's so many different. Well, and there's so many more operators too. Oh yeah, and and now production so often is looking for the cheapest option, not the option that the cameraman wants. And yeah, so there are other challenges, and then you lose a couple. I'd like you know they move on or they retire or whatever, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know it's happened to me. Yeah, I'm I, sure it happened to you. I was. Uh... No, absolutely. I mean, uh, I did a couple movies with Don Peterman, who did, I did The Grinch Until Christmas with him. Okay. And his first movie out of the gate was not, I don't, it was Flashdance. His first movie? Out of the gate was Flashdance. Wow. Well, that was a small movie, and then yeah, it just turned it into just a giant beautifully hit. Lit, you know? Yeah. I worked on Men in Black with him and uh, Stephen St. John. Stephen St. John called me up one day. He was doing the first unit on Men in Black. And I was fairly new into Steady Kim. I was doing it, but. You know, was still breaking into it, and he said, "Hey, man, they're gonna call you for a day call for second unit, no matter what. Don't not turn it down." I did like three months straight. Wow! I did the same thing with the second unit, with the with the Men in Black two. Yeah, I noticed you've done both second unit on both of them. And yeah. then end up, uh, you know, doing a couple movies with Don, which was to get to do. I got to do the Grinch Stole Christmas with him, which was amazing experience for me. Ron Howard, Ron Howard, and him, and something, and you then know, Jim Carrey, and we grew up with that. You know, I grew up with that that cartoon. Yeah, right. So it had a sentimental value to yeah. it, anyway. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you did a really, you did some really interesting shots because stylistically they did some different things on that. A lot of kind of drifty Dutch stuff, and yeah, they didn't. There was they didn't want any horizontal lines in the movie. So none of the sets were horizontal. Right, everything's curvy, right. And they put us on, um, a lot of times we were on um, dual O'Connor heads, how you counter counter them. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. So that's what we could do. And it made it interesting because you could dutch out of a light or out of a shadow or you could just dutch it whatever way you wanted to. Right. Because they just looked at us and said, just dutch it. Right. Pick your frames, but just dutch them. And I used to tell Peterman, nobody's ever going to Made it so much easier to light stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I told them nobody's ever going to hire me as a Steadicam operator after this because... (laughs) I'm not going to have one level shot in the whole movie. Because you were doing that with Steadicam, too. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, double O'Connor head. Because I, I know a tango head, obviously. Um, yeah, a tango head's a little more limited that way. But if you put two O'Connor heads on top of each other, what happens is is you can you have all, th- all of your axes. Right. And you can use your tension to really set yourself up. It's a bitch because it's really top-heavy. And when it goes too far, it's really going to lunge on you. <laughs> yeah. That's now, what sandbags are for. Exactly. Now they now they would just put two, you know, Libra heads on there. And, right. And be done with it. Yeah. You know, put a Libra head on a dolly. Right. Right. Yeah. That's funny, though. I've never heard of that. So they have like a Mitchell to, yeah. to, to, to quick release. Yeah bracket. Yeah, you could do it with, I think you'd use like an O'Connor 100 and an O'Connor... 2575 you can make it work that way right put the right put but the that's right top or i can't remember yeah, yeah but yeah, i'd yeah. say i mean i think <laughs> i think that's why i came from a generation of operators or we came from a generation of operators that were so much into operating off the wheels and people say to me why do you guys use the wheels all the time and you don't use them so much anymore and i was saying you know you had to use the wheels because if your only option was the O'Connor 100, which, you know, it was a horrible head. Yeah. Well, and you had no count. I mean, your counters at 100. There was no counter. Oh, that's right. There wasn't a counter there on was, that. You know, it right. was it was just a horrible head. I mean, for what it was in its day, it was fine. Yeah. But as soon as they came out with the 11 and one, you might as well throw it in the trash. Yeah. Well, I've used a. I had a. I did a movie with a gold. It's B camera, but it was low budget. It was, our only lens was an eleven to one. Yeah, thousand foot mags, and a twenty five seventy five, and it the counters at one oh three, and it's it's doing nothing. So I said to the A first. I said, you know, this is killing me, it's driving me insane because I can't. I don't know. You always have your your own little fiddly way you Absolutely. set things up, and I couldn't set it up that right, way. Right, right. So finally, I was like. Any chance I get a pan ahead? And A already had a pan ahead and a twenty five seventy five. And she goes, Um, I'm gonna have to ditch your fluid head. Are you okay with that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, like just see if you can do it first. So she's like, I can I can ditch a third axis on our jib arm or whatever. Oh, nice. yeah. And get you one. Do you want it? And I said, Fine. She goes, Oh, by the way, you can bum um um it was Bobby um, Altman was the A operator. He's a good guy. Bobby's a good guy. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. He was he was really cool. And she said, Bobby will let you use the fluid head if you ever like really need it. Don't worry, he'll let you use it. He's on the wheels most of the time anyway. And um, I was like, okay. And then I had to use it a couple of times, and he loaned it to me. We did a couple of weird zooms, um, and it was fine. Yeah. But but um, he told me, he's like, because uh, I asked for his fluid head. Oh, no, we did a zoom that I did on the wheels, but the second zoomed for me. Mm-hmm. And he, and it was like a B only because I had the zoom on kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, um, he goes, 
man, I used to just hold it in my hand and, you know, hold it in my tilt hand. And, and I was like, I'm not that advanced, Bobby. I'm not that advanced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was, you know, you did, you did your own zooms. You, uh, that's what I remember when first used to do their own zooms and their own focus. There was, you know, you go as a, as a first assistant, you might have to do, you do all your zooms in your own focus. Yeah. You never hand it off because there was no loaders. So if you didn't have your second there, you weren't, you didn't have anybody. You know. Right, and if he has to run away, yeah, he's got to go do that mag. You right, know? you know, you yeah. got to go. You know, yeah, that's true. That's how I ended up. Uh, I heard you talking. I actually, I can, I could admit to, I flashed a mag. I have done it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. That's definitely happened. Nice work. Yeah, you know. <laughs> once. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. It's a moment. That's when, you know, you had to wait for that lab report to come in to see how bad it was. Where'd you did you flash it like with the door open to the dark room or no? Was I it did like... a really good one. I did. I um, I was working on a film. Uh, Russell McElhatton was the first. King Baggett was the opera. Was a DP. King Baggett. I don't know who that is. Yeah. King Baggett. To give you a little history. King Baggett was the newsreel cameraman in the kitchen of the Ambassador Hotel, filming Bobby Kennedy when he was shot. Get out of here! Yeah, and I did a I did a number of movies with that guy, and he was he's still alive. God was God. He's, wow. su- he's such a good guy. Good for him. But he was uh you know he was a great guy. But I did he was a, he was a DP. Wow, and, that's uh, one of the most legendary pieces of oh, yeah. news news film in oh, history. Yeah. yeah, you know, and he uh, he uh, there's no there's no loader. It's just me, and we're shooting nights and. My first looks at me and says, you know, run the dark room and do this one real quick while we're doing a light-up setup. Mm-hmm. And as we're all trained, you know, you got walk into that uh, dark room and the truck was unplugged. So what do you do? You unscrew the light bulb because if they plug, truck the plug, if they plug the truck in... You want to make sure the switch is in the right, right direction. So you're so. like, okay, be, I'm just going to unscrew the light bulb. So unscrew the light bulb, lock the door. I have my uh, flashlight, stick it in my mouth, undo the tape, open up and realize my flashlight style on that's why i can see the film <laughs> oh no <laughs> and there was you know it was probably all of a second you know if that just oh shit and, and closed it. right and so i walked on the set it's like you know standing naked in front of the krill crew you gotta look at the dp and go um i just flashed a thousand feet of film so he came to the dark room and he brought his meter out and he's like, show me exactly what you did. You know, he's trying to get a meter reading on it and on your flashlight. <laughs> it's going to be. And uh, that's when you'd wait for the next day. You'd wait for the lab report. Yeah. So obviously I didn't sleep that night. That report comes back. We couldn't see. Anything. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. So I. Uh, now that's like uh, oh, yeah. that's the guys were doing that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Ten years later. <laughs> what year was this? This was. Had to be eighty-seven. Oh shit! You know, so I uh, uh, I'm calling the lab at four thirty in the morning. The guy says it's fine. Yeah, it's just a tiny bit of edge fog. You know, but yeah, it was my uh, my flashing experience. Yeah, know? that's the most minor one yeah. I've heard. Yeah. yeah, that's not the Dukes of Hazard buried in the desert story. What's that story? So, with the original Dukes of Hazard. When they would do that show, you know, they'd always, they were always out at Malibu Ranch. And, oh, okay. Uh, Didn't they shoot in Georgia a bunch? 
the 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 one that I know all was shot in Malibu Ranch. Okay, gotcha. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you the story from the one I know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, enough. so it may be embellished. It probably is embellished. Fine, we'll go with it. <laughs> so uh, I guess the loader from the night before, day before, got fired, and when he got fired, he left an exposed roll in the mag, but he left it unmarked. You know, probably one of the reasons why he got fired. He was really bad at his job. So, so he didn't do it on purpose. No, I think he just was not didn't have it together. Yeah. Okay. So the new loader comes in, and he, you know, he's going to load the mag and realizes that he's exposed the mag because it's an exposed roll of film. So he's got the light on in the dark room, and he cracks his mag open, and, and he's, he's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> there's a roll in here." Exactly. Got it. Okay. So he cans up all the film and he sends it to the lab, and. uh Lab report comes back and says, hey, you know, there's supposed to be 10 rolls here. We got nine. The next mistake he does is he says that... Um, oh, so he didn't tell them he, about he this didn't tell flash. Anybody. He just hid the mag. Oh, no. So he hid the film. Hid the film. Threw it in a can and stuffed it in a corner somewhere. Right. <gasps> and did the horrible mistake of blame the Teamsters, which is a really, really, really bad idea. You know? Especially back then. Yeah, that's a really bad idea. Oh. And uh, so the next, so that day the Teamsters are talking to each other, and one of them says, hey, I remember that bastard walking out in the dirt with a shovel. So the Teamsters went out and f- backtracked the steps and dug it up, and there was there's he buried the mag. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so that's the... Uh, Oh my God! That's the Dukes of Hazard one. Did they ever process it? I think they did, and I think it wasn't as bad as they thought. Because <laughs> as you know, it's you know the inside, the deeper it is, it's normally okay. Of course, you know, I, I've had and s- they're cutting it out. I I don't even think they did three perf at the time, so oh. they're trimming a shitload yeah, of off the know. edges anyway yeah. to make it square four three for TV. Yeah. I know guys who've done it in the rain and like dropped it in the water in the dark room or the puddle of the water and went, "What do I do now?" and just fill it with water and. St- Seal it and send it to the send it to the lab. Right. As long as it's wet, it's okay. Right. You know, but guys would panic because same thing with the Panavision body. Yeah. I've yes. I've heard of them going in the ocean. Yeah. And they literally fill the case with fresh water, seal the shit out of it, and ship it back. Yeah. It's. <laughs> and it's then your as only long chance. as it's not all rusty by the time yeah. it gets there, they'll be okay. They can they can. Yeah, it's your only chance. Right, because salt water, man. It's forty five minutes. It's rusting. Yeah, it's over. Like so, yeah. At least they can save a bunch of the movement. Yeah, they get a and, chance at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. P- people forget how robust film is. You know, I was talking to my friend Matt about the, who was on last week about film is. You know, I have film. I can shoot film. I have negatives. It'll be yeah. good in a hundred years, yeah. sitting in a box yeah. over here. You know, well, shooting film was. You know, it it was amazing. And yeah. you, you know, you talk about the good old days, and uh, it was amazing what you could do with it. And it was a true art for exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody really knew what it looked like but the cameraman. And half the time, he was guessing. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they would do experimental stuff. I mean, shooting really low light and then yeah. push, and who knows what's going to happen. The mag flashers, remember the mag flashers? They would have a, a flasher in the mag that would... Yeah, the, the Panavision one's like a yes. box yes. on top. Yeah. I flew one of those on a G2. Oh, jeez. With those, with their Z series, mm-hmm. um, they're pretty big lenses, yeah. and and uh, yeah, a, a G converted G two and the Panaflasher on top. Whew. 
the next day I did day one of a movie I had I booked like eight days not consecutive on this movie just steady cam and uh, the day after my first day after flying that camera I went and had back straps put on my vest oh yeah that'll talk you into them. it oh that'll, and I tell you what, they work oh yeah they work really well oh yeah yeah um, yeah that was a that was a good one but yeah no there were guys doing crazy things like baking film in the oven and oh, then yeah. shooting it and like all kinds of cool stuff and nets were big remember the nets the uh the fish nets to go over this over the lenses yeah those I, were always huge i um i shot a little short film years ago and i went on like the cinematography forum like cinematography.com yeah. i used to be kind of active on there and i said hey I, i'm shooting something and i want like i wanted it to be very glowy and like bloomy and i thought okay how do i i'm like the barbara walters look so i'm like how do i Anybody have suggestions? And they're <laughs> not like, the moon, not the moon. What was it? Moon shadows, moon, moonlighting. What was the, what was the oh, show? Oh, moonlighting, with, right? With uh, Sybil Shepherd, yeah, Bruce Willis. They'd cut to her, and she looked like you were looking through Vaseline, and they'd cut back to Bruce, and he looked like he was in HD, <laughs> right? Yeah, it wasn't exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was a little weird. Um, but no, the Barbara Walters filter, same in her specials. Yeah, it would yeah. look like you're like, it's all out of focus and yeah, soft. And then the other person, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, so no, I netted the, the back of the lens and then used like a pro mist and then something yeah, else yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like I just tested it on the yeah. day and whatever. And um, it worked great. But, um, but no, I, I, <clears throat> I went on a TV show. Grey's Anatomy mm -hmm. when it was still film I don't think they're Crazy filming anymore Crazy. Yeah, yeah, okay. and um, my very first shot um, I didn't know anybody it was my first day and DP sets up the shots and I'm I'm on like a 50 I'm doing you know um, kind of wide-ish close-up on, on an actress and he was doing something and I I can't it's not quite getting sharp, so I'm rolling the knob, you know. And he and he stands back up out of this case or whatever he was doing, and he goes, "Oh, you're not going to be able to get it sharp." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, we got we got so much gag <laughs> yeah, down here. It's not going to happen. You'll it's, never. It's never going to happen." I'm playing with the yeah. the diopter. Yeah. I'm like, "Why can I not get the?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh, we got nets. We no, got it's a never happening. We got a glimmer glass. We got." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it was it was an amazing world to look through that eyepiece in the time. It was, yeah. you know, to be able to close everything off and uh, and be in that moment was amazing. Um, funny enough, I was the one who actually went to monitors pretty quickly. Really? I think it was part of it, Steadicam, but also part of it, I found that I could get around the camera so much easier. Yeah. And I think uh, part of it came with age, too. Your eyes are a little... No, my eyes actually did pretty well, I think, uh, just physically getting yourself in those positions sure you know the old halibut head or whatever you know yeah 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 well and and um i i, I find that i i tire faster yeah because instead of being like an optical where you're you're kind of looking that actual distance you're looking at a little screen that's yeah like I, it that's always bothered me a couple of inches from your face yeah. i do miss I, do. I will focus on that yeah but it's just it's mind draining you know yeah I, I do miss falling asleep in the IP, so I always enjoyed that one. Yeah, <laughs> done that a couple of times. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rest here. I'll wait for the next line, and then oh, I'll, 
I've woken up pretty hard on those. <laughs> and then all you can think, is your your left eye is darting around going, did anyone notice? <laughs> did was anyone there, Was there a jerk in the middle of the shot? No, I, just, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I did that on a show. Actually, the show, I did this show for a while, um, like a full season of the show, and they were using monitors a lot. And the second said to me on my first day, like, are you an, do you want to have an eyepiece on there? I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. She's like, okay, great. She's like, I'm going to leave the monitor up here for you as well. <laughs> and the other operator had been on the show for a, for another season. He was already like, it was like a DP7 monitor. Right. Really great. Yeah, yeah. And I just started doing it more and more. And I would just use the eyepiece like for just specific little things. Or if I'm trying to look really closely right, at, right. is that a cone in the back yeah. or whatever. But I got a little more hooked on it. Yeah, I think the loss that I didn't like was the fact of you took pride in watching for focus mm -hmm. and being able to look at your first and going, yeah, you got the shot. And there was a moment where that transition happened where you as the operator, you had the worst view of everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and that your first look at you going, how was it? You go, ask him in the tent. I am, you know. Yeah, or ask my first who's on yeah. a 15-inch monitor. Exactly, eating, you know, peanuts watching the Dodger game. <laughs> well, I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying he has a better view of focus oh, I know, than you I do. <laughs> so, but, uh, did that, that pet peeve come out right there? Yeah, so, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> now, um, no, my main, one of my main worries is that when I operate with the eyepiece, obviously handheld but like mm. your body is really connected to the camera yeah. like my eye and my head is part of what makes yes. the camera go where it goes you yeah. know and I worried that it would be like squirrely it's like for me my eye on the eyepiece was like the rock mm -hmm. you know keeping everything locked in until you had that dolly group with yeah, too much coffee trying to do a boom a stand up <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's say you come back with a Bruise, <laughs> yeah, orbital bone or okay, whatever. I'm not asking for the stand up anymore. I'm just asking, don't hurt me, okay? Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to nail it. Just don't injure me. <laughs> don't throw me off the dolly. <laughs> no, but we were talking about IPs on a on a show. Um, I don't. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. It's been so many now. I can't remember what I've said. But <clears throat> it was my first day on a on a show, film show, and. It's a second unit day and everybody's running around with their hair on fire and there's an upstairs set and the director's like, okay, we're upstairs, let's go. And it's a dolly move and I'm A, so um, I'm finding out like as it's happening what we're doing. It was like scrambling like crazy. Yeah. So they have to hump the dolly up there. So the grips are busy. They, you know, that's starters. <laughs> and then our second is like, all the cases were just laying in the middle of this stage floor. So they're like, click, click, click. What's in here? Click, click. Like, it was ridiculous. I'm like, you guys should have been here two hours ago. Like, they didn't know, I guess. But yeah, anyway, time. Yeah. And so they're like pulling the plus there was a 16 millimeter package and a 35 package and a lightweight for Steadicam. So there's like, you know, two giant sets of gear. And, um, and anyway, so they get whatever it was, a probably a, I don't know what body it was. It doesn't matter. Um, they throw that on. No monitor on it. No anything. He's like, he's like, all I could find is a long eyepiece. <laughs> Slaps that on. I'm like, okay. I don't even know what the shot is yet. And then it turns out the shot starts bottom floor, pointed directly straight up um, on a 14 mil. 
And then we push in and we boom up. And then I tilt all the way 90 degrees down. Oh, nice. So 90 up yeah, to 90 down. Yeah, nice. And there's no monitor to look at, and there's no short eyepiece. <laughs> and at one point... Hey, thank God it's a 14 mil. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm that far away. Oh, no, it's... I, and I'm starting dead down, pointed straight up. <laughs> so, like, I'm literally having to move the eyepiece, which oh, yeah. you never want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had an Apple box, not bolted, but ratchet strap to the dolly so I could climb onto it for the end of the shot <laughs> and I'm starting walking on the stage floor it was so I am an absolute sweaty nightmare mess like because at one point we did like eight in a row and just rolled out and um this was a weird shot he wanted like perfect perfect symmetry and the timing was important whatever which is fine but it was just the absolute worst <laughs> way to do it I'd so wish I'd had him on it but they couldn't find it they're yeah. like we don't know where it is uh, they're all you know anyway I'm sure you've been there. Yeah, I had to kind of, some degree. Or yeah, another. we. I think we all get we all get in the barrel every once in a while. You know, I uh, I was doing. I hadn't been operated long, and they were doing um, was the Looney Tunes um, the basketball one. Yeah, the one with Jordan. Yes, Joe Picca directed that. Oh, uh, yeah. What's it called? They're about to do a second one. Yeah, um, Space Jam. Space Jam. Is right? that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done some work. Have you ever worked with Joe? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've yelled at Joe. <laughs> He's yelled at me. <laughs> well, him yelling at you means nothing. You yelling at him is pretty good. Well, know? he yelled at me first, then yeah. I yelled back yeah. at him, and then he never yelled at me. Yeah. I, exactly. I had my line with Joe was uh if I had feelings I'd be hurt, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a commercial with him once as a uh, as a steady cam guy and we're in the we're in the, I hope you hear this, Joe, because you told me you'd kill me if I ever told anybody this story. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Come find me. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh, it's not that bad. So um, we're in this incubator with with all the babies, and they say, "Listen, we're only going to let the Steadicam guy come in and do the shot." So we're doing the shot in this in this hospital, and uh, we do it a couple times, and all of a sudden, Pickett looks at me, and goes, "Come here." And he walks me around a corner, and all of a sudden, you know that brutal pick a facade comes down i mean i don't know of your lister listeners who know who know joe picka but this guy's about what six five six six no six seven six, six eight, seven yeah something yeah yeah tall taller long, than me i'm yeah, six five yeah. long hair you know long white hair long white hair he looks like the guy from the painting out of ghostbusters yes yes yeah 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 i mean that in a nice way yeah well that guy's nicer <laughs> So, uh, but he can't direct a commercial like Joe can. I tell you, I that. am telling you, I give genius. I give Joe all the credit in the world. Joe, Joe Picka. To this day, there's commercials that are shot because of him. You know, in the style that he shoots. And oh yeah, he was the man, and his vision and what he did. I can, you cannot, you have to give him his props. It was oh. unbelievable. The most awarded commercial director of all time. Unbelievable for good and reason. Absolutely, and deserved every bit of it. Oh yeah. So I do the shot and. Uh, he looks at me and says, come here. He walks around a corner and the facade comes down and he spends the next 10 minutes telling me about how much he loves his kids and his family. And at the end of it, facade goes back up and he goes, you tell anybody I ever told you a story and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's Why he's, did he tell you that story? I think he just, you know, I think we can... I always say is... For somebody like Joe, if you've worked with him, you look at him and you think, 
you're so talented, but don't you get tired of just being <laughs> so mean, tired. You know? so mean. And I think he just kind of got tired for a minute. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it was the babies? You saw I, the babies I'm sure it was the babies. Had a flashback yeah. to when his kids were little or something. Mm. That's so funny. Absolutely. But I've heard many, many stories. I still, I still work with some guys who Joe was very kind to and did no, nice, and very I take nice things none for. of that away from Joe. Yeah, you know, nothing. Uh, I he's just you know there's he, he doesn't suffer fools. No, and, he doesn't. And like when he yelled at me. He shouldn't have yelled at me for this, but it was a test. It's his test, yeah. He's looking for blood. Oh, yeah. And I yelled back. Yeah. And, and like his final, he's like, ah. And then he said, uh, and we were shooting in Florida. Yeah. And at the time I was working in Florida, I said, he said, what are you fucking from here? <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm here. I'm from here. Where the fuck are you from? In front of the whole crew. As a matter of fact, from he was standing on top of a hill with the whole crew, and I was down at the bottom of a hill. And, um, and he just looked at me like, that was a rhetorical question, right? You know, <laughs> and the guys behind him are giving him the bird because they all know me. Oh, They're all yeah, local in Florida. And, and, and I and we finish that shot. I walk up the hill. We're walking to another. We're on a golf course. We're walking to the, te- the green to do another shot. And Austin Green, I think his name was, it was his first AD. Okay. Yeah. Austin. Austin. Austin I'll think of it. it was, you know, it was you Austin. Know Austin's about. a great God rest his soul. He died. I heard he passed yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, but what a great guy he was. The you know he was the guy that walked over you after you know Joe crushed people would walk over. Well, he go, came right over. It's okay. <laughs> no, he came right over to me and he goes, "Just so you know, just t- Joe just told me he really likes you. Yeah. Thanks for doing a great yeah, job." Yeah. <laughs> like a minute and a half after that happened, yeah, exactly. I'm like, "All right." Yeah. And then he was cool to me the whole rest of the time. Yeah. I saw him. I saw him eviscerate his key grip, and yeah. I mean. Um, all him. kinds of people yeah. were scared to be on set with them. Oh yeah, you know. And I didn't. I was like, whatever. He used to crush the agencies. Well, Tiger. God, I think I've told this. Oh yeah, the agency people yeah. don't even yeah. don't even get in his eyes yeah, to yeah, eye line. Yeah. He knows better than you do. No, and he knows it. I literally had. I've watched him look at agency people and go, "You can I cuss? I can cuss, right? You, Fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> I used up too many of my fucks already." Um, <laughs> But look in front of these agency people and go, you don't know what the fuck you want. Sit there and shut up, and I'll give what you need and walk away. And right. they shut up. Hell yeah. And I, I I saw something similar. And I only did, we did four spots in one day mm-hmm. with Tiger Woods. Yeah. And I was doing props at the time. And I think I've told this before, but I'm the first shot is a rain shot in the morning. We're making rain on top of Tiger. And he's already sick. He's like sniffling and, you know, wiping his nose. And Joe's like, wet him down from way over there, you know. So I've got a Hudson sprayer, and I'm spraying his body and his hat. Right. But it's all waterproof Nike gear. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> all shooting off of him. And the makeup girl's it's like. black, so you can't tell. Right, of course. <laughs> and the makeup girl has like a little spritzer, and she's like, spritz, spritz. Like, you know, on his face a little bit. This guy's the biggest yeah. athlete in the world oh, at yeah. the time. And because this is like 99 or oh, yeah. 2000, somewhere in there. And, um, and Joe's like, I said, wet him down. I can't see water on him. And we're like, uh, so I'm just like spraying away. Joe comes over and he's like, give me that. And he grabs it, this Hudson spray, and he sprays Tiger right in the face with it. And he goes, and he jams it back at me and he goes, there, now he's fucking wet. And he goes back, let's fucking shoot it. And Tiger's like, ah. 
mean, a Hudson oh, sprayer oh, sprays yeah. pretty oh, hard. Yeah, spray like right in his yeah. eye, you know. And I think he also realized because he sprayed it there, and then the suit and realized all the waters just. Spraying. He's like, yeah, every oh. time he saw it, he, he went, doesn't oh, know shit. he's in rain. But gear he ain't gonna from... back down. No, <laughs> there's not stuff no, no, no. Out. And he doesn't give a shit what Tiger thinks about. No. Him. And then Tiger was a total trooper. We did the shot, whatever. But but we sh- we had Tiger for six hours. We shot four spots, and uh, and then we shot for a, literally two or three hours after, just like insert stuff. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, and they were great spots. Yeah, but because Joe's a genius, and oh, yeah. he shot exactly what he needed. Oh yeah, and you'd have a couple hour breaks while he went and played basketball. You know, they warned me. Um, I had never worked with Joe before, and the UPM told me, "Hey, you're going to have to play Joe with ba- play <laughs> basketball with Joe in the morning." And I go, "What?" And she goes, you're tall. Yeah, he's, he's going to tell you, you. He's calling you out. He's, he's going to tell you you have to play basketball. I was like, where? We're at a golf, co- golf course. She goes, no, no, no. We're <laughs> setting worry about it. <laughs> we're setting up a basketball court in the parking lot for him. And I'm like, what? And we're going to give you a pair of Nike shoes so you look stylish out there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he did? I, I don't, he, well, well, what happened with me was it turns out somebody else, one of the crew that came from L.A. was like, no, nah, Joe hurt his knee pretty bad. So but you were he, safe. He doesn't want to admit to anybody, but yeah. that's why we didn't play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... um. I was like, okay, and I was happy not to. I'm like, I don't want to get all sweaty and play. I didn't. I don't like playing basketball. We'll anyway. play, you know the the uh, that Space Jam story I was telling you about. Oh yeah, we go into there and uh, that's with we we're talking about Michael Jordan and, and they had kept calling me to come work on that job, just do extra camera, and okay. I kept saying, hey, listen guys, you know that's Joe Picka, that's uh, oh so you knew Joe already? Yeah, that's okay. uh, Chapman, Michael Chapman. Who I don't know. And Ivan Reitman. Okay. Those are like, you know, the three holy terrors. Oh, really? And big, big, big boys, you know. Yeah. Very powerful at that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and they keep asking me to come do extra camera. I'm like, there, it's, it's, there's no way. Who's asking? Oh, the, the assistants are because they're trying to fill spots. Because nobody else me. wants to come yeah, in. Yeah, they know me, and they're like, "Come on, get get in." You know, I'm like, "There's no way. I'm not. I'm, I am not setting myself up like that. It's not going to happen." Okay. So finally, they call me one day, and they're like, "Listen, the C camera guy just went home sick. You got to come in." I'm like, "Oh, fuck! Like, all right, let's go." So I get in there, and my first shot is Michael Jordan's dunking a basketball, and they give me a 75 millimeter with a Panastar on a low hat and they want me to follow his feet as he dunks <laughs> and like that that was and that's that's the last we ever heard of greg smith we never heard from him again you know he no i'm kidding <laughs> that, that's it it's over you know are you kidding me was it over so the first take uh i think i beat him uh-huh well, you don't know what his feet are going to do oh, either. Is he going to pull him up towards his behind him? Or? Full frame. They don't want a wide shot with a 75. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So first take, you know, give me... And Jordan is a great guy, but he's like, hey, dude, I'm only dunking this so many times. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So first time he does it, I beat him. A little murmuring from the, uh, from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Second time, he beats me. And... Uh, I can see Jordan's over there and he's talking and Jordan's not selling me out. Jordan's like listening and I see him all talking and Jordan comes back to me, bouncing the ball to go to his number one and says, brother, I'm telling you something. You better get this one. They're going to tear you a new ass. <laughs> so he didn't really care. It was, it was, it was, he was warning you for them. <laughs> Here's what's coming, brother. Oh, uh, do you get it? By the love of God, it sure wasn't talent. I got the shot. 
you know. Yeah. And what uh, are you shooting at like a hundred frames or something? I star. think it was you with the Panastar. I think those would they go up to one hundred and twenty? Is that what they did? I think so. Or I 90. think sixty was like this wheelhouse. They loved it. They would use them at sixty a lot. You know. Yeah. But uh, I think it only did. Maybe it did do one twenty. I think it did one twenty. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I've been using it a long time. Oh yeah. I wonder if they still have any of those around. They probably have one on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure they've got them somewhere. I'm sure they're sitting in a lot of executives' houses too. You know. Because they're beautiful pieces. Of, they're beautiful. The movements in those things. Yeah. Remember when they threw out all those? I know. I cried. Gold. You see the or... dumpster. The dumpster picture with all of them sitting in there, all broken up. I'm like, don't even waste the dumpster space. Yeah. I'll Put word out. Yeah. We'll all come we'll in. We'll all come get one. Absolutely. I'll give you twenty bucks. Absolutely. I'll take it home with me. Absolutely. I'll, I'll have it as my doorstop or whatever. I'll put it on a shelf somewhere. It's awesome. Yeah, I still have. I carried. I always carried um, my own gearhead. I always carried an Airy One, okay, which I loved, and I carried two for a long time. And I sold one of them when I retired. And the one I've hold now on on two, I use for for lessons, but also uh, I don't think I'll ever sell it. I think I'm going to stick it on a tripod and get a camera to stick on it and put it in my house and just you know stare at it every once in a while you know kind of like they do a panavision with yeah that. that's it it's yeah, a, yeah it's a good piece of art it is you know it's uh it's nice that's like all the panaheads they don't have a panahead available to rent out anymore but they're all over there's 20 of them around panavision woodley woodland <laughs> hills using them for uh well i think they just rent airheads now like i did a movie no 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 i did a pilot in new mexico and we were there prepping <clears throat> and um, they brought me an Airhead two, and I already knew. Like the DP had told me, this the director doesn't want it. Um, he said it's not a wheel show. Mm-hmm. He said, but I know there's going to be some super fast push in, and right, it'll, right, it'll be right, perfect, right. and you know whatever. I'm like, okay. So anyway, the Airhead two comes in. We put it up, and I like tilt up, and it's like <laughs> I tilt back down. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And the first is like, uh, it's like the brakes not on or something. I'm like, no. It fe- you could feel it too, it right? Like, you know. So we were called you it New Mexico. No, we're we're in Woodland Hills at oh, the time. Okay. We were so. prepping to okay. go to New Mexico. Maybe it already come back from New Mexico and it was all good sand. point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but so bring our our bring bring our tech in and he's like, oh, I'll have them look at it. I'm like, look, if they can't fix it, just bring me a pan ahead. Yeah. It's it's a great head and, and it's not a whole wheel show anyway, yeah. you know. And he's like, we don't have a pan head available, and I'm like, what? That's crazy. I'm like, well, okay, well, yeah, I'm sure you have another area head. He goes, this is our last area head. I'm like, what? He's like, don't worry, I'll take it to the text. They they should they'll, hopefully they'll be able to deal with it. And I don't know if they had to just grease it a little or that's crazy. Tighten something or loosen but something. But they are beautiful pieces. Of yeah, they're great, but yeah. they're super precision. You know, you yeah, have to take care of them. Absolutely. But, but it just always freaks me out that the panaheads are all sitting there and that, you yeah. know, I mean, they know what their demand is over there. So, and they know what makes them the money and for whatever the reasons are, I, I don't know, but it'd be nice to use them again, I guess. I don't I know. Think it's, Nostalgia. It's, yeah, but it's also, it's uh, I think there is becoming a re-emergence, a re- help me with that word anyway. A re-emergence? Re-emergence in the sense of people need to learn how to use the wheels for remote heads. You know, I think that's True. where it's, I find that I have a lot of people who come to me and speak to me about remote head work because they need to use to learn the wheels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, 
it's like riding a bike but not quite no uh, it, yeah. it, it, you you get rusty you fast. get it yeah you get rusty fast yeah. on them and you remember in general but then trying to do stuff especially the faster the move and things get your brain starts frying because yeah. you're thinking too much yeah, yeah, yeah. and um i remember learning on a whirlhead in my friend's uh living room on a we drew a track on a whiteboard and he had borrowed somebody's whirlhead and we put a laser right, on right, it right. and just yeah i know yeah i was would laugh because uh uh somebody said to me oh go you know know how to spell your name do figure eight and we'd always look at him and go, I've never, in all the years I've operated, I've never spelled my name or did a figure eight. Yeah, directors don't generally ask for that <laughs> shot. Can you do the shot where you spell your name? Was... Hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of funny. Unless somebody's peeing in the snow and you yeah. have to follow the, yeah. the writing their name. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, you just, th that's why we did the track. It's yeah. like random and, you know, and then you do it the other direction Absolutely. and then, you know, and then you're it's racing. Just it's just muscle memory. It's muscle memory. But, and just, but you got to practice it. It's yeah. also knowing, just turning your brain off and doing yes. it. Absolutely. The more you think. It's over. The more, right. It is over. The first shot on a TV show I ever did with a, with a geared head, I panned the wrong way. <laughs> First thing so, I did. You were so concentrated on which way you were going to turn that so wheel. So amped up. <laughs> so amped up. And it was my first day on a sitcom ever. And uh, well, besides one other day on that same show, I've never done it again. It was like an exterior day on a sitcom where somebody got sick at the last minute. And then the other day was Steadicam anyway. But yeah. but like all they have is Panaheads. And, you know, and the second 65 years old and they're all you know what i mean they're yeah. all yeah nobody's He's old school nobody's rooting for you no oh, they're yeah. not awful but they're not they're not gonna yeah. pat your back on the way through yeah. i also didn't roll on that take so. <laughs> so there's no proof there's no proof well i was freaked out because after we cut after i stopped panning the wrong way caught up with the people <laughs> did it properly goes then we cut she said did you did you cut early? <laughs> I go, no. I go, you rolled it right, and he goes, it's not my fucking yeah, job to roll it. I was like, operator. ah, you're the operator. I was I was like, okay, uh, no problem. If you want me to roll, I'll roll. I do a lot of steady cam, so yeah. I always have the guys yeah. roll. And he goes, oh, well, if you want me to roll it, that's fine. Yeah, and I was like, as long is, as you yeah, old as long as you don't mind. But it's the operators. Yeah. In, in his mind, it's my job exactly. to tell him I'm going to roll or you're going to roll. Right. Absolutely. Otherwise, I'm rolling. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. That was the old school. <clears throat> old school and then after after that he was he was much cooler with me and he said it was his retirement show and it was he had done the whole run of I think taxi cheers seinfeld <laughs> he did the whole run of yeah. seinfeld this was this julia louis dreyfus show yeah um but um anyway i'm blabbing about that but yeah i panned the wrong way and nobody said a word about it nobody said a word and i told him oh maybe i should go tell scripty that we didn't roll on that when he goes nah, nah, nah. he goes I'll, I'll tell her in a minute when it's quiet he goes but we're gonna do 13 takes yeah you, you're all right you're and all i right. was like we are and he yeah. goes don't yeah, worry this about is it. no problem he was like ah, it's okay kid it's always nice it's always i buried a uh well once he realized i wasn't being an arrogant asshole that it was like a general mistake yeah. i wasn't trying to set him up or <laughs> right, anything right, like right. that it, then he was like ah oh, he was cool right but you know, <laughs> yeah, I buried a camera on the on the first take of a movie on a steady cam, just crushed it. Oh, first take, steady cam, first day, uh, first shot. Mm. Uh, hang on, let's get back to that in a second. You need more water. <laughs> yes, I, I do. need another beer. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be right back. No, we were talking about how like you haven't. 
there's certain people you work with and you don't see for 20 years and then there they are again <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's, it's 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 amazing and you know it's um and like guys it's they may look a little older but guys you know a lot of guys in the business are really they're good guys they really are you know yeah i think that's part of what makes it so tolerable is the guys that you work with yeah i've worked with every extreme yeah. i'm sure you have too yeah i was one of the few who kept turning down um when they were doing uh titanic oh they kept uh trying to bring other operators up there additional operators yeah and you which, kept turning it down you know, jimmy did an amazing job on that and uh well guy b um went in for a little <laughs> while yep. as well and yep. um he was an amazing operator too. Yep. And <coughs> they uh, they kept calling me. I kept saying no. This I don't. There's no part of that I want to work for, you know. Because you're just going to go there and get screamed at. Because you've heard the stories. Oh yeah. And it was you know. Luckily, I was somebody who didn't have to well, go look, work you, for that. You know, know D- Dave Emmerich's. Um, we're recording this. This will release <laughs> tomorrow. Right. The Dave Emmerich's episode, but um. He's doing Avatar two and three right now. Yeah, with Jim and he's, it's all good. Yeah, Cause, and you know, Dave commands a lot of respect, which he deserves. Sure, of course. And so, um, he's he's not going to get messed with. Yeah, and I think, um, and we've all heard stories. I mm. I heard some great stories about him on other movies, but yeah. um, um, you know, I always say like, no matter what you hear about somebody, you can't. You can't profile them until you meet them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely shouldn't because yeah. then you go in with the wrong attitude. But, but if enough people that you respect and believe tell yeah. you something, it's true. Yeah, I agree. You know, if I hear from you and from, um, from Harhoff and Kamides that so and so is like this, yeah. I'm gonna assume they are. I mean, still, when I work with them, I'm gonna try to start at zero with them, but yeah, at absolutely. least at least be aware. Um. Because I'd rather form my own opinion. There are people I've heard nightmare stories about and then worked with and loved. Yeah, I agree. I, I uh, Most of the time I was lucky enough not to have to work for people that I didn't want to deal with that way. You know, um, uh, I mean, to avoid a movie like Titanic, I mean... I mean, I was only going in for, you know, day calls, but I just it just wasn't worth it to me, you know. I got to, And I got lucky enough to work with some amazing people, so it wasn't something I missed. Right, you know. and it wasn't like you needed the gig real bad at yeah, the time you know, or something. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that brings me to the question I was going to ask you anyway, which is how do you, because you work so steadily. I look at your IMDb and it's like, yeah, then just four movies right in this year, four movies <laughs> in this year, four movies. I mean, one year after another, just big movie after big movie after big movie. How do you go about selecting those movies? Obviously, some select you, but and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming that you had to make decisions over which movie to do. No, absolutely. You know, I turned down Schindler's List. You, you know. turned down Schindler's List? Yeah, as as a assistant, as okay. a first. But, All right. Uh, which I still think was a smart idea, but anyways, um, that was when they first came out with the BL, uh, the, the 535, sorry, the 535. First, like one of the first movies of it. And I did not want to be in that nightmare in the, you know, in Poland, in the snow. But, mm. uh, you know, I think most of the time. So that was more about 
what the job was going to require physically and about the weather and stuff like that? Or I mean, I never shied away from, you know, a lot of films that I did were very, very physical. I had a lot of very physical shows, and I never shied away from that. Like, you either embrace or you don't. Uh, that was just one that it was more technically what I knew I had to deal with with the 535 going and going out of the country and all that kind of stuff and Spielberg and everything. And I just felt it wasn't the right fit for me. Okay. Um, uh, and most of the time, my choices, I would say, were because of the cameraman. It's because I'd rather, the script was one thing, but I wanted to work with people I liked working with. Yeah, and I had a really, I had a great career that I was able to work with a lot of really good cameramen who were good people. You know, that's nice, and that's that's something that's really nice to be able to say at the end of your career. Hell yeah, that's great. You know, and I did, when I retired, I never wanted to. Uh, I kind of didn't want anybody to know. I just decided I just fade away, and mm. uh, I knew you don't want to make a big deal. No, I knew when it was going to be my last day on a job. You knew it. I knew it. I didn't tell anybody. The only person that knew was um, uh, Chris Toll. You know who Chris Toll is? Yeah, and I was, Chris was my assistant. I don't know Chris, but of yeah. course I know of him. I know Chris for years, and uh, he was my assistant. And uh, I just said, Chris, this is it. This is when this job's over tomorrow. I'm never coming back. What job was it? It was a, funny enough, it was a fly up to San Francisco to do, is a TV show called 13... Can't remember the name of it. Some teeny bopper TV show. And they'd flown me up to San Francisco for the weekend or Thirteen Reasons Why. Thirteen Reasons or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Netflix thing. Yeah, and they flown me up I've to San Francisco a couple times to go do you know three day little projects up there. And I just there was enough going on with me physically that I was able to walk away. Mm. And that was it. I but I wanted to I wanted to walk away being you know at the height of my career. I didn't want to be the old guy on the set, you know. There have been a couple like that that didn't never really walked away. Yeah, I did. I didn't they want to be that guy. Away. Yeah, I didn't want to be the guy. That, you know, the grips are picking up when you go to stand up, and you know, they're guiding you to the camera so you don't drool. You know, like that. <laughs> what's well, it's tough because, and I, I think I've talked about this with other people before. It's like, you know, when you're working all the time, you're making really good money. And oh yeah, a lot of people tend to just spend every dime they make they buy more stuff buy more stuff big house you know whatever and then as your career does level out or plateau and or start kind of going down a little the money's less and it becomes a big pressure oh yeah you can, it's very easy uh i guess that's true about anything but in this freelance world steadicam operators still to this day it's amazing what you can make in a week it's stunning you know, and that's uh, that's what you can make in a week. <laughs> what I used to be able to make in a week. I have a, I have a. We talk about pick. I have a on my ex-wife's house. Was my house at one time, but my ex-wife's house. Uh, I, I have an addition. I call the house that Picka built. You know, uh, Picka Pay. Yeah, Picka Pay. That was when he would do um, double your rate minus a dollar for twenty-four hours. He could have you as much as he wanted. He could use you as much as you wanted for 24 hours. And it was double your rate minus a dollar. Did you ever do a 24-hour day? No. You normally work like 12 hours. Right. Time. But that yeah. was just because they were so scared of when he would want to go shoot. Right. So gotcha. Like, we are just going to so buy you out. So they would just guarantee you We're this. just going to buy you out. Right. Yeah. I remember 
it was at least a 50% higher than normal rate yeah. when I worked with them. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I was lucky to... But they were charging for it. It's not... You yeah, know. they were... Trust me, he was making his money. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't... Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, his producers that I met were so nice. Oh, yeah. Every, like, they super were, friendly, nice people. Well, they people. were making... I mean, they're nice people anyways, but, but yes. he was making... I think at one time, Joe Picker was making 50 Gs a day. Because he owned the cameras, he I heard owned that number. everything, you know. And he pretty much, at one point, he was working every, every day of the day. year. Every and he, day. even his travel days yeah. were, I mean. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, he had his own personal caterer. Yeah, so they were happy to just, yeah. listen, we're going to abuse you, mm-hmm. but we're going to pay for it. And, but, I've, you know, there's a lot of uh, work that I did that I got lucky enough to big on, be on big films and, and make, you know, a decent living. Yeah, it is. It's a great. It is a great living. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty. You just hard have to, to be really careful. Like, if any younger operators were to ask me, like, what to do, I'd you know, save your money. You don't have to be a super penny pincher. No, but, absolutely. But be aware that like there are gaps. You know, and, to, you know, lay off the hookers and blow. Try to try to steer clear from that. I'm not know. saying that. You but, know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know you know yeah, everybody makes their own choices. You, know, you got to you got to go through it. You either you spend money there, or you spend it somewhere else. You know. <laughs> You know, I hung out with Charlie Sheen a little bit, you know. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. It worked for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. what, was the, what was his line? Um, they had a, uh, Winning. That yeah, was one of them. They had some, they, were, they had some, he was in some interview, and the woman said to him, the interview woman said to him, uh, you know, what is it, Charlie, that, that you, you, you're a great-looking guy, you make all this money, you're a huge actor, you know, what is it that, why do you pay for women to be with you? You know, and Charlie said, I don't pay for them to be with me. I pay for them to leave. <laughs> I've heard that joke. I've never heard it attributed to him, but that's brilliant. Yeah, he's, uh, that oh, one definitely is from him. That's so funny. That's great to know that. Now I can. So that horrible sound you just heard was the sound of my software crashing and causing recording to stop and a bit of panic on my part. Um, I had to save everything and check it and restart everything and blah, blah, blah. And that took a while so that we had some downtime. So thanks for Greg for, for, uh, for waiting, uh, waiting that out with me and hanging out and then talking some more. So, um, back to the interview. I'm recording now. We, we had a super weird technical issue and my software shut down. So we're, after what a half hour break now? That's what happens when you spill your drink on your um, yeah, keyboard. Well, so that, I wasn't supposed was? to pour that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no spills. No, it was just super weird. All of a sudden, neither one of us could hear anything, and yeah. nothing was recording anymore. <laughs> it was a bad thing. Um, but anyway, uh, I, and, and now because of that, I've forgotten where I we no, are. I, you know, I, I um, <laughs> no idea. I've got other stuff going on. It makes that all forget. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, you were being helpful actually talking about uh, talking about how to further promote the show and do some good stuff I and having some I think good ideas. I think you're onto something here. I think it's a great little uh, little show you got going. I appreciate it, yeah. man. I appreciate it. Well, you get to hear your own voice and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is my bedroom voice. You know? Everyone knows I, li- <laughs> the, I like nothing more than to hear myself talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> um no, but you, you've, I, I, your advice is uh, greatly appreciated because you've, you've started your own business, and in in a certain way, I've started. This is yeah. a business. Yeah. Um. It, it, 
it didn't start that way, but it's turned into something that's like, huh, this yeah. can be a business. No, absolutely. You know, I'm not trying to get rich, but, you know. Um, and so you're doing your Steadicam lessons. and Yeah, it's worked out really, really well. You know, it definitely um, morphed into something uh, I never saw coming. I, uh, when I retired, I always wanted to teach. And mm. I thought, eh, you know what, I wonder if anybody wants to learn from an old bastard, you know. And, well, uh, I, I want to ask you about that, but but before that, who taught you? You know what, the first guy to ever teach, the guy I give all the credit to is uh, Stephen St. John. Okay. You know, I uh, started doing pictures as a loader and working with him. Mm. And he would strap his rig on me at lunchtime tell me you're built for this you should do this really yeah and um i did i did a couple of movies with steve i think steve's just an amazing guy and um he that was a time it was really difficult to get a if you remember the 3a arms you couldn't get a gold spring arm mm. and the gold spring they arm were all was, silver yes and the gold spring arm was the only one that you could use to carry the heavy cameras right so you couldn't really work on the big stuff unless you had the 3a arm and St. John had two of them. <laughs> and I was determined to get it. Why couldn't you get one? They just weren't making them. Pro hadn't come out with their stuff yet. CP. And you could try, yes, CP was, you know, you'd take your rig there and hand it to them and they'd go behind the wall of shame for a while and it'd show up with a huge price tag when it came out. You'd hear them hitting something with a hammer. Oh my God, it was horrible. <clears throat> yeah. So, so um, he had that arm. He had two of them. And I kept bugging him, Steve, you got to sell me one. You got to sell me one. No, no way. I'm not doing it. You know, so I showed up at his house one day. And you're talking 1993, 94, maybe, maybe 94. Um, and I kissed, I showed up with $100 bills. And I started laying $100 bills out on his coffee table. <laughs> and when we got to $16,000, he said yes. That yeah. was for a Get out of a here. gold spring arm in 1994, 95. Get out of yep, here. That's what you could not get one. You know? And you know what? One of these. Brand new, that was what? Oh. 10, 12? Yeah. You know, Maybe. now you can get one brand new made by Robert Luna, who does a beautiful job with them. Yeah. And yeah. it would cost you like 9000 But uh, smartest business decision I ever made because I was working now. I had the arm that could carry now the Now you could actually work. Now I could go to work. But $16,000 in cash. <laughs> you you had been, what, saving your per diem up? Oh, for... yeah. It was saving everything I had, you know. And then I actually... And you owned a rig, but I, not that arm. I Well, he sold me, and I still have it. He sold me his 1A rig oh my God. that he did, uh, what was it, Dancing with Wolves. Wow. With that rig. And he sold me that. So I had that. I had the army bot. And then I built my own vest. I found a couple pieces from a 3A vest. And I built my own vest. And after doing that, that's when Pro first started to get in their business. Mm -hmm. And Pro couldn't. Here's some secrets for everybody. Here's some really <laughs> top secret <laughs> This is top secret stuff. We, um, so because of the patents... Pro yeah. couldn't sell a full package because right, right, the right. patent on the vest wasn't up yet. Mm -hmm. So I would build vests. And the gimbal. Yes. So I would build vests oh. and trade them to Pro for equipment. And then Pro could sell them separately. 
and they had no name on it or anything like that. And you know, there's an operator to this day still wearing one of my vests that I built, what, 23, 23 years ago? You're kidding me. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a, a gentleman by the name of Mark LeBonge? Of course, yeah. Mark LeBonge flies my vest that I built. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Isn't that hilarious? Wait, you had a vest and then, um, oh, what's his name had a vest? Uh, really good operator. Uh, he did that movie Ronin. Um, oh, I'm blanking. He had a vest named after him. It was oh, a, really? Uh, Josh Harrison still has one. We talked about it when he was on. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but that was my way to manipulate myself into it. You know, I'd sit there and build vests at home. What, what, if you had to compare it to... It's very close to the Pro Vest now. Matter of fact, if you look at the inside of the plastic of a Pro Vest, that was kind of where I could... That's, that's the, the outlining plastic that I made. I just never covered it. So I took, I morphed a 3A vest right into it and it's you know it's it ain't a bad vest it's not you know i personally think uh i'm a pro vest guy i like Same. it the best yeah um but i did carry both vests in my day i carried the turtle vest too because that's the only way i could do the 3d the oh, background the vest yeah yeah i mean i guess that's yeah but that was my you know that was one of my ways of you know, making money when you know you're talking about scrapping. I did a picture in North Carolina that I was a loader, and um, guy kept Sorry. walking on the set with a tie dye shirt. Yeah, you know, these cool tie dye shirts. This wow. is for the re eruption. This is in the '60s, folks. This is <laughs> this is uh, you know early '80s, and uh, I ended up as a loader buying fifteen hundred dollars worth of tie dye shirts from this guy and shipping them back in the camera truck. And Why? I, and then I'd go to swap meets and sell them. No way, really? And I could buy a shirt from him for $10 and I'd sell it for 25 So I bought $1,500 worth of shirts and went to three I went with three weekends it took me. I sold them. Hustling. <laughs> hustle. You got to hustle. You got to figure it out, you know. Swap meet, like d down. Uh, like Rose Bowl. Okay. You know, that kind there of stuff. There used to be one in Hollywood. There used to be one in Saugus where their old racetrack was. Saugus? Yes. You go out to That's this, a long drive, though, no? Yeah, you know. But when you're when you're hungry and you're a young lad, you do that to make money. Yeah, you know. You're. I guess you're more enterprising than I. Am. <laughs> I've always played in my downtimes and 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 I've always played poker for money. I I you know I can play a, I can play a decent game of poker. Can you? I wouldn't. You know, I I definitely grew up playing poker with the boys. Oh, yeah, you know? cool. So I can definitely uh, I can hold my own. Um, but I was never somebody who would go to Vegas and play. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, no. Well, I mean, LA is the place to pay, play. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. do you play online poker? Um, not anymore. I mean, after okay. 2010, they had Black Friday. It all got shut down. Oh, really? Is that there are still places over? you can play, but most Americans don't. Ah, okay. It 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 died. It died after that. Pretty for the most part. Wow. There there was other things. Uh, Full Tilt, which was the site I played out. Right. Um, so do you, where do you play poker in L.A.? Polly Park, Commerce, yeah. the bike. Nice. I never go to Hustler. Do you know Richard Mull? The actor? No, Richard Mull's a uh, uh, key grip. Great guy. Great key I grip. I don't think I do. And he's a big poker player. Oh. Do yeah. you know what games he plays? No, I'd have to ask him. I see, I'll oh, okay. ask him next time I see Probably him. Probably hold him. Yeah. That's yeah. generally what I play. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been slow this year, so I've been playing a lot of poker. <laughs> I sat, I played poker one time with, uh, in a table with John Travolta, and um, what was his name? The movie was, uh, oh God, I can't even think of it. But John Travolta and JT playing poker with him, sitting across the table in the smoky room. It's pretty funny. Wait, wait, what movie did you do with him? I'm trying to think of it. We were on a train most of the time. Peter Levy shot it. He's a nice guy. I did yeah. a movie with him like two years ago or something. Yeah, he's a he's a very he's a good guy. He's a hell of an actor. Yeah. yeah. And super professional and yeah. just a nice human being and like for such a big star to watch the guy leaving set every night. We were in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. And he'd be leaving set and his car is as physically as close as it can be to the exit. Right. And he'd walk right past his car into the fans and sign autographs. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, three in the morning. Uh, Go take photos with all of them. I'm doing a I'm doing a movie with him and I'm in uh I'm in a I'm on a train in a I gotta think of the name of the movie, but we're in a, hmm. we're in a train in a in a cargo car doing this whole scene in the middle of Nevada. No, Montana. They bought this whole train section. They rented this whole train section from the farmers. So they could go back and forth? Yeah. So we're shooting this, wow. this scene on a train. And I can't believe I can't remember. Broken Arrow. Oh, Broken Arrow, right. So we're shooting this scene. And uh, Travolta, Travolta, and it's hot as hell in the car. We're all sweating to death. And Travolta looks at me and says, Hey, Greg, you know, if you could have anything you want right now, what'd you want? And I go, mm, I don't know, banana split. And my buddy looks at me and goes, you could have said Ferrari, you know. So uh, <laughs> a couple hours later, guy walks in, walks over, hands Travolta this bag. Travolta walks over to me and hands me the bag. I open it up. It's a banana split. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is. That's super cool. He probably had the same stand-in at that time. Um, yeah, he's had the same stand-in for years. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I can't think of his name either. Shoot, I can't either. Yeah. I have a, I should look at my that's, phone. But I that's, you know, I think that's part of being a stand-in, right? Yeah, but he was such a nice guy. No, he's like, a great guy, and I don't mean that horribly at all. No, no, yeah. no. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. But they're they're more than a good stand-in. I always say, you know, a good oh. stand-in. I love stand-in oh, that sure. I can't stand. Oh my god, somebody's not going to help me. Of course, you're killing me here. And he's good, and he and and he knows. Well, if, he knows how John acts. He knows exactly how John, right. He knows his body position. He knows all that stuff. It really helps. And he knows if you're, if there's a little moment that yeah, if you're going JT's down a road, not gonna you lie should, or if you're something. going down a road, you shouldn't be going right, down. right. Yeah. And he, he, ain't, he ain't gonna play this. This isn't gonna happen. Right, yeah. right. And it's not so much for the operators, but no, absolutely for other stuff going on. He'll he'll. And he knows when to speak up and when to shut up. Yeah. And he was just a great guy. No, absolutely. They're friends, you know. It's oh, yeah. not, you know. Absolutely. It's been with him 20 years, I think, or more. I think more he now. was a boxer or something, if I remember right. He used to be a He's got that build. Right? I think he used he to He didn't be tell a, me that, but I, I believe could be it. wrong. No, no. no I, I totally yeah. believe it. Yeah. But, um, but no. Um, uh, well, you're talking about doing shots in a train car, which is crazy. But there's a shot I watched from... Um, God, what was it? Was it behind enemy lines? Yes, behind enemy lines, where you're on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I got lucky enough to do two stents on aircraft carriers. Okay. And we were a week, a week of each one of them. Wow, on the same movie? No, two different movies. Oh, two different. Well, I'm sorry. One was a movie. One was a commercial. Ah, okay. 
And the behind the lines was the other a Navy commercial. It actually was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. They actually had me, um, you know, the catapult that they shoot the uh, the F-18s and F-16s off of. They had live pilots flying, and they had as soon as the guy, you know, there's the old. I don't know if you've ever been on an aircraft carrier, but there's Never. the line of death, and it's the red line that you don't cross. And uh, that's so, where they take off and land. At. Yeah. Okay. And they uh, so they had me. Uh, just as one took off, they had me run out and straddle the catapult with the Steadicam and then start running at the next plane while it's under full load, getting ready to uh, get launched. And is Okay, so one goes, <laughs> yeah, so picture. you're standing off to the side and one goes <laughs> flying past right. you. Now they want the now smoke, you. you know, that they want the... Uh, and you the run steam in. coming in from the from the track. So I'm running now. I'm straddling the actual catapult, facing the train. I'm facing the plane, running and I'm at running it. at the plane. And as I get to the side of it, they have two of the guys pin me to the ground, and the guy takes off. And <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like with the rig on. With the rig on, it's all you can. You're, you're How do they pin you to the ground? They literally get two guys on both my shoulders and pin me to the ground. And I grab the rig with both hands and just hold on. You just stood there, and they and they hung yeah. on to you. Yeah, because uh, it will blow you off your feet. I imagine it would. You know, um, but the behind it, the enemy lines one was. Uh, that's so cool, though. But like, that's dangerous as hell, man. No, it it, it you know it's it's crazy because. Uh, we all get in situations as operators that that are pretty dangerous mm -hmm. and we do it i think we do it because we enjoy what we do but there's moments you know i was doing a movie that i was an operator on and um i think it was called um next with nicholas cage mm -hmm. and there's a scene where they've got uh helicopters and they, they were in helicopters and they're dropping down onto ships and the uh the um, SWAT guys are jumping out of the helicopters, descending on ropes down the ships. Got it. And they point to me and the other operator, and they say, uh, listen, um, we're going to put you guys in flight suits, and we're gonna, you're going to get in the helicopters, and we're going to strap you off and so that you can get the, the POV of the guys jumping off onto the ships. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking pretty tough. We think we're, you know, hey, listen. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we go, and they give us in the flight suits, and... They have the safety meeting, and then they say, "Listen, you guys are going to go over and have a secondary flight safety meeting with the, uh, with the, uh, the, 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 the pilots." Okay. So we get there, and we walk over, and like I said, we're standing with the stunt guys, feeling pretty, pretty tough. And uh, the guy looks at us and says, "Listen, we're going to strap you in, and um, because we're going over water, that if there's a problem." and we have to dump this in the ocean, there's a knife taped to the seat in front of you that you're going to have to cut yourself out of the straps to get loose once we hit the water. Sure. Now, the problem is, is you can't cut yourself out till we're fully underwater because otherwise the rotor blades will kill you. <laughs> I look at my buddy and say, I don't give a hell. I don't give a fuck. As soon as this thing's going down, I'm starting cutting. I'm going to be ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. Not... <laughs> we're hacking away. I'm not... Be yeah. hanging out the door, yeah. waiting to. Does exactly. that rotor blade stop yet? Exactly. You know. So, <laughs> but the but the um, fly, the um, behind enemy line was great. And you didn't have any problems. Obviously. No, it was all it was all good. It was fine. But, uh, yeah. but the behind the enemy line shot coming up in the elevator, the outside elevator that they bring the planes on. 
that's how we made that shot. Is they it's had, just so original. Yeah. It, 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 so you're looking from one side of the of one side of the carrier to the other. Yeah, I'm standing from the underneath lower deck. in the bay. Yeah, underneath the so bay. So you're already on the elevator. Right. But you're looking as they're raising. I'm actually walking backwards down. onto the elevator. As soon as okay, I get that's to, what I was going right, to ask. And you have you to envision the elevator. You, it's not some enclosed. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a huge It's like flight. a piece of the deck that yeah. lo- rises and lowers. So they just back me up onto the elevator and then but boom you, me up. But you start on those planes that exactly. are either going up or down. Exactly. And then they're you're backing. Down. Right, they're coming down. And, and then, then you're, they bring me you're up. You're backing up and then all of a sudden you're just going up. And yeah. then you tilt up and there's Gene Hackman. Right. The interesting part about that shot that you don't think about is, you know, that, that, that ship is so huge that it's got inertia going down and up. And you don't really, you feel it a little bit when you're walking, mm-hmm. but when you put weight on you like a Steadicam. You can't tell. No, it's worse. All of a sudden, the weight of the Steadicam starts to push you down when that thing's going down a wave. Right. And when you're coming up a wave, it starts to lift you. It's on the arm. And you had no idea. You don't feel it until you put the rig on. You're right, because like, it's wow. so giant. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that is mm-hmm. funny. Another thing I noticed about that shot, the shot's great. Mm-hmm. And who's ever done a shot on that on that elevator before? Yeah. That's the only one I've ever heard yeah, ever been, seen. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there maybe is one or two, but they're but, they're not alive to tell about it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you kill you kill them, so you're the only one. Smart move. Yeah. Um no, but um they sped it up. They sped it up and they actually they actually manipulated the frame a little bit. There's a little bit of movement in that frame, which is us steady cam operators don't want any movement at all. Did they put that in there? They put a little bit in. Really? Yeah, just they just wanted to make it a little it's not much. Air? It's hard to, you know, I think you wouldn't notice unless you did the shot. Well, you see it at higher speed. Yes. When they've sped it up, you see it a little more because exactly. it's like. Exactly, exactly. That's part of why I knew the shot was sped up. Right, right. Um, and that's a timing thing for the film, obviously. Hey, listen, it's, it's sometimes it's not about your shot. It's about what's telling the story, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's, you know. Yeah. Didn't I good. sound above it all just then, you know, it's like. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I mean, but it's true. It's it's. I say to guys, you know, listen. Sometimes you may your best shot may not be in the movie because it didn't. The director went. I like the uh, I like the performance on the one before. For sure, the one where you were actually falling down and the grip yeah. caught you. But there's that big bobble. There's, there's a moment. Nobody else cares exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you were running and you tripped over yeah, the thing, the but he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. It's a great cut point. Right. I mean, there's always they don't care. They don't care. That's why we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, we're expected to be perfect on every one. And, uh, you know, Chris Harhoff talking about doing Birdman. Mm-hmm. Which, and, by the way, I got to give Chris all the props in the world. He did an amazing job on that. Unbelievable. Amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. But, but you know, talking about how... Um, which I have to... I got to give a shout out here real quick. Hey, Chris, by the way, I know that you cheated on the water slide race by the way you know we're in thailand first time i meet chris and okay. we a bunch of big kids we there's a water slide at the resort and we're now racing down the water slide so he can get down to the fastest and chris held the record for four, for three months i think you know he never told us the secret but i think there was some baby oil and nudity involved you know oh. <laughs> He definitely cheated, huh? <laughs> Actually, you 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 have to tell that story in a second. I forgot we were going to get to that, but um, um, not necessarily about the baby slide or the, <laughs> the the baby oil, but um, but no, no, no. But he was saying like, 
where his assistant was saying, you know, you're really peaking at take seven. Right. And he's saying, yeah. and you know, we're, they're never really great until 13. And he's like, so what should I do? Stumble around like an idiot <laughs> yeah. till 13 or, you know, yeah. it's like you, we have to be perfect or is we have to try to be as good as we can be Absolutely. every single time. So, they so can that choose the one where they yeah. nail it, yep. you know, isn't our shitty one. Hopefully yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes it is, but, um, but yeah, um, but you mentioned Chris Haroff. You were telling me earlier, and I stopped you because I wanted to do it while we were recording about the first time you ever met Chris. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably not as good as it sounds, but uh, I was doing a picture in uh, Thailand, the same picture that we know he cheated on the slide. But um, and I had never met Chris before, and this is uh, Cutthroat Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and, is that uh, French director uh, Gina Davis's husband? Yeah, um, um, Harland, Harland, Harland. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. You know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, he he did the first movie with Stallone. Remember the the real big with Cliffhanger? Mm-hmm. Rennie Harland. Rennie Harland. Rennie right. Harland. So I come over there. I'm the I'm the first on it, and um, we're taking over the picture from uh, some other guys that got let go. And uh, they said they're bringing this uh, South African operator in. I'm thinking, oh, Christ, okay. Well, here we go. And, Somebody uh, you've never, never met or heard met, of you know. before, right? And uh, so I don't even think I don't even think Chris knows the story. And uh, so we're in the uh, warehouse in Thailand, and they're bringing all the gear in. And we look, and uh, this teamster brings in this huge cargo truck full of gear, and it's I mean, each case is five feet by five feet, and there's got to be twenty of them. <laughs> Huge, and he says, "This is a Steadicam guy's gear," and we're, and we're looking at each other, going, "You got to be kidding me!" You know, so what could possibly be? Yeah, in all like, what is this guy doing? He has you four know? sleds, and, and Chris is—they say he's coming in in a couple days. Just leave it be till he gets here, and then he'll work with you on it. And we're thinking, so you know, we had two days of motherfucking Chris. You know, this fucking guy with his shit Who's coming in. Who is this is? guy? What the fuck? You know. <laughs> Chris shows up two days later. Here comes this, the asshole. Yeah, here it comes. And he shows up two days later and walks this over to this little tiny pile and goes, I, that's gyrosphere. I have no idea what that is. And nothing was, none of it was his gear at all. You know? Oh, no Had way. Nothing really? To do, nothing to do with him at all. You know? That's so that's, funny. That's, and he's, you know, Chris is. So he had a standard eight cases he had or whatever. Standard, it was. He was all good. And he's such a good guy. And, and he's a great guy. He's such a, he's a gentleman. Oh, so you got along right away. Yeah, he's absolutely. You know, he's he's such a good soul, but it was pretty funny. We, were, we he didn't know we spent two days motherfucking him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Wouldn't give a shit. No, wouldn't give a shit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, that's funny. So, he was still living in South Africa at the time. You know what? I'm not sure. I think he may have moved. Oh, okay. you know, but I'm not sure. Um, I didn't actually I just, get too into that with him. Like, you know, yeah. I don't really do the, too much origin stories. We so <laughs> just talk about <laughs> movies and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's it's actually you know if you do two or three hours with somebody, it's not that much. No, it really isn't. If you actually want a good story, uh, you know, you can't do it in 20 minutes. No, you want a good story, hang. You know, hire an old operator and hang out with him for 12 hours on a set. He'll yeah, tell you every oh, single one. Yeah. Well, better yet, go to the bar. Yeah. You'll hear all the real all stories. The, <laughs> in, the uncut On set, versions. you'll get the ab- yeah. abridged get the versions. versions. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, since I brought up that other shot, um, there was another shot you did on a movie called Cellular. 
Yes, the step off. It's a step off and insert car. Right. So I assume if anybody's watching the shot, it's like, uh, oh, it's to the driver from the driver's side, but outside the car. Yeah, it's a it's it's a funny story because it's one of those that you know we're always the last guy to find out that we're doing a crane step off or you know you're gonna run the Coliseum steps we're the last ones to find out. (laughs) And uh, um, the night before, I was going home driving on the 405. This is a true story. This is I'm trying to gonna I'm gonna tell you the story without sounding like too much of an asshole. But uh, I'm driving it's on gonna the. It's gonna be f- tough. Yeah, this one's. This, I've already. I may have already lost it. <laughs> but I'm driving on the 405, and uh, it's in gridlock traffic, and I'm trying to get home from the show, and uh, these two beautiful women pull up next to me, and go, hey, you know what are you doing? And do, are you from around here? And I said, yeah. They say, hey, we're two models that have come in from. Um, from Washington, and we're just, you know, do you want to come party with us tonight? What, what, what are you in a convertible or something? Like, how are they? I literally just got my window down, and we're like, we're not moving anywhere. We're just in grid. Super gridlock. weird. It just, it was, yeah, they were probably, you know. If I was as good looking as you, I might understand oh, how God, this stuff Thank happens. God we are on radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, you do have a face for radio. So, exactly. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. You make me feel like I can conquer the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. I'll so, stop interrupting. So I'm like, no, I just, I, I can't do it. So uh, I go home, and then I show up the next day, and they go, hey, we've got a, a steady camp step off you're going to do. I'm like, well, what's the shot? And that's when the shot was the very next day. And I'm like, thank God I went Didn't, home oh right yeah <laughs> so because i did we've all pulled those double days where you don't sleep but um Oof. but the shot is um i started on an insert car and uh, uh david ellis is a director and god rest his all he's he's died now but he is so it was a wonderful wonderful guy and um we're tracking with um uh what's his name now he's now a moving vehicle yeah, with... We're, we're tracking with... Uh, he's Captain American now. Chris... Evans, Evans driving. Yeah. Yes. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Couldn't think of that. Though. Yeah, so he'll love us for that. But we're tracking with him. And the idea is... As he's he, almost as good looking as you are. Almost. You know. And almost as famous. <laughs> no, he's way more famous. Yeah, that's you. true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go yeah. on. <laughs> so we're tracking with him. And he is supposed to jump out of the car, run up a staircase and then he goes actually in a building and it continues into a um, police department right? police department yeah so there's a t- the, it's one of those moments where you just have to make your the timing correct of, of you know the old window of opportunity because your cars were not connected but it no. looks it looks like, like they're you're connected. standing on the f- like an out outrigger or something yeah, on I'm the car on, that he's on I'm standing on an, no I'm actually standing no on I understand an, so, yeah, that yeah, I, yeah, obviously because you they, pull away and you yeah, can see it yeah I'm like, oh, they must have had an insert car. Yeah, so the, good he, driving. Yeah, he gets out of the car and you jump off the insert car, and then uh, and do the run up the staircase. Did you have him come to a stop before you got off, or did you step off at one mile an hour or something? Normally, you know the old track. The old trick is you want to step off before it ever stops. Yeah, and that's yeah, you have him slow down. It's the yeah, old, yeah, it's the old crane idea. Don't come know? to a stop until I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. Right. Same idea with the crane. It's like I'm going to be off this crane before it ever hits the ground. That one always scares me. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's the only way. It's the only you know. The, but I haven't done a lot of crane step offs. Yeah, so but. the Grinch is still Christmas. The opening sequence right. of that is a crane step off that I did. What kind of crane was that? Oh, by the way, wait, wait, wait. Let's come back to this yeah. in one second. So you jump off and then you go up the stairs. 
inside the building. It's a practical location, yeah, right? Yeah. But you went in some doors that were way over to the left of his. Yes, so there was like two doorway. Exactly. Him most and then of the as way. he comes in, I wrap around him into an over. Yeah. Of the of the cup. It's started. a simple shot. No, it's not a hard shot. It's just, you know. It was just well done. Yes, it was well designed. It was well designed, right? It's taking something that could have been him pulling up, and then you just drag him back and up the stairs. Yeah, and, and there's you know there's secrets that we all do to, to help ourselves. It's like uh, I think what I did was, I can't remember if I did it or not, but I think the stairs were like offset stairs. They were really weird stairs. So I had the grips. Oh, were they the ones that are a little at an angle they're or just, something? They're not even. Like one's short and one's long, one's short and one's long. Oh, and yeah. you know, as you know, as a steady cam operator, you look for this stuff. It's like that's gonna bone me. That's yeah. gonna take me down. Oh yeah. And I think it was designed well enough, and I had the ability to say to the grips, you know, hey, do me a favor, plywood those steps. And you don't see it, but I'm running up plywood instead of trying to time up the steps. Beautiful. You know, anything Beautiful. I can do to cheat, I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's that's. It's not cheating. It's uh, it's using yeah, working every, smart. It's working smart. That's a great way to put it. And it's it's trying to make the shot the best it can be for yeah, the movie. Absolutely. I mean, and look, plywooding some stairs is you know, is not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I rode a uh, descender rig down a. <laughs> I can't believe this. I rode a descender rig down a sand dude dune in Africa on a surfboard. No with way, a, really? With a steady cam on. Oh God! Because they wanted it was for uh, Flight of the Phoenix, and they wanted a parallel shot of these horses coming down this huge, massive sand dune. So they hooked me up on a descender rig, put me on basically a snowboard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and with the rig on, and I just rode it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, it's you know what it wasn't as bad as you think. It's amazingly controlled. Yeah. Now, obviously, if that dissenter well, there's so timing many, is wrong. Yeah, it's gonna, there, oh, there are just a lot of factors. It's only going to end in tears. Otherwise, including yes. the fact that you have okay trained but wild animals. Yeah, running what, near you. What could go wrong? What? What? There's nothing that's going to go wrong. Right. I mean, we've all seen how well those horses are trained. Yeah, they're great until they're not. And they kick somebody in the face, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Or buck somebody off, which I've seen. I got kicked off of a dolly from a from a donkey one time in a commercial. He just had had it and started kicking and launched my ass. Where did he hit you? I got right, caught me right in the ribs. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that one hurt. You know. God. Just, but. Uh, That's not good. Yeah. What is it? You know, animals and kids. Yeah, great combination. Yeah. Have them on every movie. Yeah. That's what they say. Because kids will hurt you too. Yeah, but it's more in the groin area. <laughs> <laughs> or emotionally. Or emotionally, yes. <laughs> yes. I remember being in Florida doing a shot. <clears throat> this one I was just starting out in the business. I was I was a prop I was a prop guy on this mm -hmm. thing. And we're doing a shot and it's one of the last shots of this commercial on the beach in Florida. Of course. At sunset. Yeah. With a dog and a three-year-old. <laughs> I'll take the dog. And it's, let's hurry, everybody. <laughs> we only have one shot at this. Yeah. I'm like, good luck. And somehow we got it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, I did a dog. The card. dog was perfect. Yeah. It's, it's a three-year-old's a wild card there. That's just a wild card. But, well, the key was getting the dog to just go to the kid. Right. Wherever the kid went. Right. Follow the kid. 
So what they they don't because the well the dog was out right. and then it was running back towards the kid and so, with the sun behind. So them. they just covered the kid in peanut butter or something. <laughs> I can't I can't remember. Yeah, they they poured. I don't know. No, we didn't do anything like that. It just yeah. they had just worked with the dog yeah. enough, yeah, and yeah. you know it's a little kid, so I have a feeling dogs. I they, have yeah. No idea if there's, there's any a protective. I think yeah. there's something I like that so. with kids. Yeah, I think so. I think they they're it. attracted to children. Yeah, they get it. I think. Yeah. And they're zero threat. Yeah. So I think that's the most important thing. Right. So yeah. they're not scared to go to them. And they, anyway, it worked. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. like crazy. If you hear what Eric Eric Emerson talking about the shot they did on the cruise ship, where they timed everything, including the direction of the ship in the in the yeah. Atlantic Ocean, so that they did this this crane shot that landed on these people and then right behind them the sun peeked out from and they, the horizon. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. One, one take. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. One take. We did that on the aircraft carrier. It was amazing if the if the camera wanted the light a certain direction, they just rotated the ship. Or it was even better was if I was getting wind from one direction, they'd rotate it so that I would get the, uh, the tower would block the wind for me. Wow, yeah. and that's a big turn. Oh yeah, you know. But they're so happy to you know they're they're all so they're they're all great guys. It's so different from they're what they so do every happy day. to have you there. You yeah. know, and uh, you know landing on one of them, taking off on one of them is just. Have you landed on one? I caught it on and caught it off. You know. So Harhoff was telling me he took I got, off. Hey Chris, I got one up on you. Okay. You do. I was I was on and off. You, know? you got to land. What kind of what kind that same same idea, same thing. It's really it is it is a trip. It's no, but crazy. the same one that's like the passenger plane. That it's they the used cod. To. Yeah. The cod. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, no yeah. windows. You know, strapped in and sitting uh, backwards. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's, it's it's good. It's a great experience. It I'm really sure it is. Good. I want to do it. I'm just get more and more jealous. Yeah. Whoever I have on next. Um. Let's see. You've done so many huge movies. I was going to ask you about a bunch of them, but we've just been kind of going. Oh, I know what it was. The Grinch. Yeah. You just mentioned. Um, what kind of crane was that? Boy, because now you put me on the spot. Because I think because it was, when I looked at that shot, yeah. it's very high. Yeah, yeah. It's a big travel. Yeah. So it's not like a giraffe crane or some small crane. No, it's you like, know, I kind of can't remember. I, I got to give you it's know. It's bigger than a Titan, as far as I. Yeah, Mike tell. Anderson was the key grip on that, and um, Adi Aragon was the dolly grip, and Butch was the the B, and those guys did a great job. And I can't. I can't remember the size. It was a big crane move. It was. We definitely had all the extensions on. It was a single crane, though. It wasn't... I had anybody else up there with me. Um, right, 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 right. Um, but it was on stage, and, and the shot worked out really, really well. Yeah, it's and, great. And it's when you're working with Ron Howard and professionals like that, they, they're they happy to spend the proper amount of time to get the shot they want. Yeah. Right. And I remember Rod Howard saying one time, he goes, sometimes I've got it by take two. But I'm going to do another five takes just to see if magic happens. Yeah, if something crazy good yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, that's. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a scene in that movie that uh, Jim Carrey is, he's rapping. The girl's in the in the in the in the post office, and he's rapping her in bows and all that kind of stuff. Mary Lou or Cindy Lou, whatever it is. One of the who's. One of the who who's in Whoville. Who's in Whoville's, yes, and. Uh, <laughs> And I've got a 10 millimeter lens, and I'm I'm on the ground, you know, looking up at him. Wide lens movie, right? Super wide lens, and yeah, yeah. got this 10, and he's Jim's doing all this movement, and uh, and um, he stops and he looks at me, and he goes, "Greg, there's no way 
that you can be on me. You have not panned or tilt once. I'm like, Jim, it's okay. I got this 10 millimeter. I see everything. It's all good. Yeah. So we go to dailies the next day. That's when they actually had dailies. And um, Jim would put literally a lampshade on his head. That's how they disguised him. He would walk across the Universal lot into dailies with a lampshade on his head and Even a robe. Even Universal? Like why people would hassle him there? No, they didn't want anybody to see what the Grinch looked like yet. <gasps> oh, so they were covering right, the makeup right, and hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got So you. we go to dailies. A lampshade. Yeah, it was hilarious. And we go into dailies and he's sitting in the back of dailies and the shot comes up. And you see, you know, they, they managed to keep the whole shot. So you see Jim doing all this movement. I'm not panning and tilting. And he stops and he looks at me and he goes... Greg, there's no way you're on me. You're not panning or tilting. And you see me say, Jim, it's fine. It's I, I've got plenty of friends. I, I got 10. And from the back of the room, I hear, just shut up and work the monkey suit. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey. Wait, is he talking about himself or He's you? talking about himself. Got just it. Just shut up and work the monkey suit. You yeah. Know? And he was, but he was, I, I loved him in that film. I thought he was great. I thought it was a, a, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. But you knew when it was time for him to go home because he would just rip the mask off. He would get so claustrophobic from being in that thing. Mm -hmm. And he would literally just rip the mask off knowing that they couldn't rebuild it by the next day. You know, they'd have to quit shooting for the day. That was his way out. Right. Reapplying, it would take two hours. And I give him credit. You know, he'd be in that thing for 10, 12 hours a day, which, you know, a a fursuit. It looks horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Jim, uh, um, Ron Howard actually came to work one day in a full Grinch outfit with makeup and everything and directed the whole day like that just to show Jim he in, felt his pain. In sympathy for Jim. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That seems like something Ron Howard would do. Yeah, he's a, he, he's class act. <clears throat> I would like to work with him. You know what? I worked with him very, very long ago on a movie called Paranoid. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. I was an extra. In a in a they shot in Orlando, Florida. Nice. I, I was an I was an extra. I did my time as an extra. I didn't do much time, yeah. but I did. I was I did a little acting and voiceover work as right. a kid. Right. And um, well, it's paid off. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I had a voiceover agent here for a minute, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I bring. Obviously, that didn't work out. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. Like we all like we all have our downtime, and you know, I don't. I'm not a hustler like some people are. But so, I think you've got a good radio for voice here. Uh, voice for radio. I thanks. Think I think you're doing okay. I appreciate I, it. I think it's working out. No, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, um, I just remember being there and we were in a big, it was like a big crowd scene at a place called Tinker Field in Florida. It was like their minor league baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, shooting some baseball scenes for that movie. And I just remember they were all very calm and Ron crack jokes to people yeah. and was nice to people yeah. and, and that's he didn't that's 30 years ago he didn't uh he didn't like people yelling on a set yeah you know he really that was not part of the farm formula. has he made yeah. a movie lately he probably has i'm he sure he has formula we're kind of we're one movie embarrass ourselves here by not thinking knowing which one he made um he made that formula one movie but that's been a while yeah oh they made another wait you did angels and demons too yeah Right, yeah. second unit. Second unit on that, yes. Yeah, okay. That was after Grinch. Yes. Oh, quite a while after. That's right? quite a while after that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that was because of Ron, because you liked you liked working with him, and well, you probably didn't work with Ron too much, actually, <laughs> did you? On that, that was yeah, that was. I just happened to. Uh, it's funny. It's funny how you trip into jobs. Uh, 
I was doing something else and I had a day off and um, and I just sat down knowing I wasn't going to work that day and um, decided to um, take park and I don't drink alcohol but you know I may do another substance that's legal <laughs> and uh, just sat down and smoked myself a joint was ready to just relax for the day and um, I get a phone call from a cameraman I know uh, Josh Blattroyd and he says to me uh, you got to come down right now I'm like what for he says I need you to make a shot for angels and demons I said I can't go there's no way it's not going to happen oh you just smoked a joint I'm, it's not going to happen this is this can't happen, you know. And I never went to work. I want to say I never worked that way. That was not my yeah, MO, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It was my day off and Sure. Uh, and I was like, Josh, this can't happen. I can't do this. And he's like, No, you don't understand. You have to come do this. I need you right now to come do this shot. Well, what had happened? Somebody quit. They didn't I think they it never was, brought anybody they, in. They, they had a second unit day that they were shooting and they realized the only way they could get the shot was to do it with a steady cam and they didn't have a steady cam guy there. Mm-hmm. And and I had worked with Josh here and there over the years, and he called me and said, "Listen, you know, are you available?" I said, "I'm available, but you know, physically I'm available." <laughs> and uh, I go down there and do the shot and end up doing a 14-hour day. Oh God! Which was is about as painful as it gets. Um, but ended up it could have been 18. That's yeah, more painful. Exactly. <laughs> but ended up being on the show for three months. Oh, that was day one of three yeah. months. He said, "Don't turn down gate day calls, guys. Do not turn down day calls." No, you know, no, don't. It's amazing what you get from a day call. I've come super close. Like, I ended up doing second unit on a whole season of a TV show yeah. in New Mexico, and I almost turned it down. I almost turned down the that first one day. couple days. Yeah. Well, it was it started as four days, right? And then it it turned into flying every single week back and forth. Yeah, uh, you know. I tell people good. don't turn down the day calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you'll regret it later. Yeah, I had that happen with um, Spanglish. Oh yeah, with uh, John Seal. Uh, I was do I'd got Adam home. Sandler movie. Yeah, right? I got home from doing a picture, and um, I was sitting there, and I get a call from Trevor Loomis, who is a uh, a lot of the the pirates. He's a he's a first first AC. Yeah, one of your best guys out there, and uh, and he says to me, "What are you doing, Greg?" I'm like. I just got home. He says, "I come. I, you want to come do a shot for uh, Spanglish? This picture I'm working on." And uh, it was John Seal and Brooks. And I said, "You know, I'm not going to turn that down. I'd love to go work with those guys." Oh, it was Brooks too? Yeah. So I. Um, so wait, was Brooks not doing Steadicam? No, Brooks was the sorry the director. Oh, I thought you were talking about Brooks yeah. Robinson. God love you, Brooks Robinson, but no, different um, Brooks. Got it. And so I said, "Sure, I'd love to." So I went down there and I sat. It was a. It was a it was a day that they were at a house on the beach and I sit in this uh, garage for 12 hours with my steady cam, you know that one and uh, you're like okay when's it going to come and finally the sun's going down it's a night shot and uh, alright steady cam's up Friday night thanks for calling me in at 7am when this <laughs> Friday shot night. takes here, place here it happens, uh, it's happening now and, oh. the, and the shot is Adam Sandler coming out of the house having an argument with I forget the woman's name and they come out, they go backwards down a staircase, they go backwards down another staircase. They're, I'm walking backwards. They walk down one staircase, they walk down the other staircase, and they go down the beach. And I'm thinking, this is the first shot I get to do for John Seal. This is right out of the gate. Oh, you've never worked with him before. Yeah, here we go. You know? and, oh, boy. And, you know, luckily it worked out. 
Um, but because it worked out, I ended up doing the next couple months on the film and ended up being the eight-camera Steadicam operator. Because <laughs> <laughs> Trevor said to me, we don't want to tell you, but they had fired, you know, five Steadicam guys before you. It's like, oh, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. They fired five. I'm glad I wasn't one of them. <laughs> you would have survived. You'd have been okay. <laughs> I would have fallen down those stairs with grace and dignity. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Do- look good doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, and you got nominated for Operator of the Year for yeah, Westworld. That was, that was nice. You know, it was nice to Pretty to, cool. to to follow in Chris's footsteps on that for a while, and um, it was nice. Uh, I've, Wait, you came in after Chris? Yeah, Chris did the pilot. Ah. And then I did the first season. Oh, and then he did season two. And then Chris came back to season two. Okay, got you it. Know, obviously, they had seen my work and went, get Chris back. We've had enough, you know. I, that's what I heard. I'm sure. Yeah. It, you know. <laughs> that's what I heard. No, but you got nominated, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, you know, it's always nice when... when I always say, I, I don't know if I want to go to the party, but it's nice to be invited. Yeah. Yeah, I I've, I've been to I have not been uh, invited invited, but it's I've, a very I've nice paid, event. I paid my ticket. I paid my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice event. It really is, and they it's a class class act the way they do it. Yeah, it's dinner now. Yeah, I have to admit I liked it better when it was just drinks. But yeah, it's you got you, you got the tux on and, and you're no, the tux is fine, but like I don't know. It, f- it feels like a wedding with the dinner. It, I didn't go this year. It's, yeah, it's quite formal. No, but it was formal before. Right. But it was, it's just, just like you're sitting at these circular tables. Yeah. And right. As opposed to like, remember when it was at Griffith? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty chill. A lot of people yeah. were standing. There's a bar out there, yeah. you know. And then when it was at, it was at Fox one time, very cash, yeah. like... You know, they still do their speeches and stuff, yeah. but anyway, I don't... They've upped uh, the game. I? They've upped the game. Who am yeah. I? I'm not even a member of the thing. I just, I just, hey, listen, I was not a member, not to say that I, I just didn't take the time to do it, but I became a member when they nominated me, you know, but I just... Did you really? Yeah, I just... you know, every, <laughs> A year before you year, retired? <laughs> like, okay, year before you retired, by the way, we nominated you, so now you're in, okay? And I, it was it was just one of those things that I just never took the time to do. I just... It had nothing more than it was just something I just yeah, yeah. didn't mess with, you know? Uh, I, t- I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat to, to some degree or another. Um, what else did I want to ask you about? Oh, you did John Wick, the first one. Yeah. That's it. Jonathan Sella shot that. You know, I did probably five or six, no, probably eight pictures with Jonathan Sella. Be- amazing cameraman. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Is he still working? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he just did Atomic Blonde and... Oh, he, Atomic Blonde. I didn't see that, but he yeah, also it looked did, really cool. He also did... Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. He, had, he did another one recently, too, but very talented guy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, John Wick was... It was really a fun experience. I really enjoyed it. It was like, I call it Operator Olympics, you know, because you, I did, you know, Steadicam, A camera, handheld. A lot of handheld on this A lot show, of handheld, right? ultimate yeah. arm, all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was, it was quite, quite fun to do. Yeah. And um, um, I have to give um, Keanu amazing respect because he's doing all those stunts. 
Yeah. He would be so sore one day to the next, you couldn't move. Oof. You know, because um, he worked his ass off. I've but heard was, great things about him. It was, a, it was a really, really fun picture, dude. There's a scene where um, we're running through the nightclub chasing the guy. And uh, it's that invariable moment as we all get in steakhouse operators where you're running through a crowd where you look at the first idiot and go, listen. <laughs> Somebody's going to step in front of me, and I'm going to hit them. It's, it's going to be bad, and I'm going to launch them. It's and I don't want it to happen. We got to have people pay attention because you just know it's going to happen. I sometimes talk to people and say, "Look, this shit will hurt you yeah, much more I can't than it stop. will hurt me. It's coming at you. You got to be aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think the second take, I'm flying through there, and this uh, this uh, this woman just took a step back, and I, you know, I earhold her. Just, oh. I launched her. I felt so bad. I launched this woman, and she got up. Matbox hit her. Matbox, yeah. Luckily, right no damage, you know. Uh, but she, she got up. She was. All she could say is, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." It was. It was. Listen, it's okay. It's. I want to make sure you're okay. But literally, I probably took her about five oh. feet off the ground. You know. Um, but it it happens to us when we're running through scenes like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, weird stuff happens. I once had, in my very, very early days, I once had a scene where this guy's going through this bar and then he goes through a door to the to the back room and he's supposed to keep the door open. I can't remember. We didn't have yeah, anybody catching out on the other side. And he... Yeah. <laughs> and he... He just didn't do it right. He's moving too fast. He didn't hold it open long enough. So... And it was on a pretty fast spring. So it... And I literally... I literally front kicked the door open and just kept going. Absolutely. And my foot was out of frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked pretty well. It's amazing how that, that rig will definitely take a lot of... Um, but I didn't hit the I didn't hit it with the no, rig. No, I mean, but oh. what you can do with your body, and you will not see it in the frame. It's, it it's, is amazing. It's amazing what yeah, yeah, you can get yeah, away yeah. with. Yeah. <clears throat> it is amazing. Um, but yeah, I always tell extras, like... Please. If you hit me, it's yeah. not going to hurt me. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. Yeah. Like... Pay attention. Because unfortunately, and extras, good extras are hard to come by. Oh, absolutely. Because no one wants to be an extra. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> For the most part. Absolutely. And um, um, But the good ones are invaluable because you can actually trust them to absolutely. Hit, hit a spot. And Anyway. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, I've heard good things about. But John Wick was, John Wick was getting back to John Wick. That was, I really enjoyed that film. You know, it was really a fun film to do. And it came out pretty good. It came out very good. You know? Um, we have a, I think, a friend in common who's who. Well, I think he just finished doing the the next one. I think the third one actually. Oh, did they do three now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know Henry. Henry Troll. Yeah. Henry's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it, they shot in New York, so I'm I've been trying to get him in here too. So. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, uh. He said it was uh, it was uh, making rain at night. So oh yeah, fun. that's always fun. We did that too. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I know. The, we, we, all the movies are like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> there's a, there's a um, director that did a lot of pictures with named John Moore, and uh, uh, great director. And um, we were doing a we're doing a movie in. I think yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. I can't remember it now, but but. John is really on his special effects guys. He used to be, he was the loader on Braveheart, so he loves camera guys. You know, the loader, the loader on, Braveheart. on Braveheart. Cool. Yeah. And he's Irish. No way. Yeah, really? Oh, absolutely. well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and um, uh, Max Payne, that was the movie. Max Payne, yeah, that Wahlberg movie. I was going to ask you about that. What an ass kicker that was. Was it? Well, the whole movie takes place at night in a blizzard. Oh, really? Oh, it's brutal. It's a brutal. Based on a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a scene where we've got all the rain towers up all the way down this alleyway. Mm. And uh, like I said, John Moore's so specific with what he wants. And um, he has all the um, he has put on all the rain towers, and they're getting ready to roll. And he goes, "Hold on." Wait, is he shooting or directing? He's directing. Okay. And he says, hold on. And he walks out halfway down the block. And he's standing in one tiny section that there's no rain. (laughs) Now there's 50 meters of rain in front of him. Pouring everywhere And there's 50 meters of rain behind him. And he's standing there and he's screaming at the special effects guys, why am I fucking dry? (laughs) Why am I fucking dry? Wow. (laughs) You know? But did see that's part of his perfection, you know. I give him, I give. Him, he was always great to me. He's always. People will notice little things like that. Too. Yeah, it's and I give him credit for that because yeah. you know, look through the lens, you're like, I can't tell. But he's a perfectionist. There'll he's be some cut for a second that where he's going to need see it. That he's it's not, not raining right here. Yeah, where he's not going to get it. Yeah, yeah. You know. So. Yeah, you know there will be. That, that, that's the way it goes, and because you always find out later, ooh, you could tell it wasn't yeah. raining there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um. There's a great shot you did. I was telling you earlier while we were waiting on these technical issues to resolve themselves that um, that you. I'm so happy that you have all this all these clips up. I think because of your Steadicam lessons, thing, right, you yeah, put yeah. more clips up. And <clears throat> there's one from Max Payne, and it's not at night or rain or snow. Oh, he's walking through the office. He's walking through the police station. Right, I think. right, right, right. And you. Well, there's a couple of cuts in it, but mm-hmm. essentially you follow him through. Right. Then I lead him. Then I follow him. Yeah. Right. Right. And there's there's the um, there's these overhead fluorescents that are just a shitload of them. And dead, level. dead level. Dead level. <laughs> dead level. Dead <laughs> level. And you're fucking dead on the whole. And, way. and this is no wave. No, you know. No. No playing. No, it was great. No, and thank also, you very much. Mm, no, there was di by then, so. Yeah. But nobody, nobody had to fix your shit. No, it's a, that's a, you know. There's and it's a, great that they can make little adjustments nowadays yeah. if they need to, right? Especially in running shots and shit where it's really tough. No, absolutely. But like you know, you should be able to do a shot like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying I can do it as perfect as you, but um, you know, you, I can, I can do that. I yeah, can do absolutely. that shot too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. I, I don't need a wave. I love, I love the moment of. Uh, I was, I was going in on a, every once in a while I go in on this uh, this TV show years ago they'd call me for a shot yeah. and uh, the operator I knew the A operator and he calls me one week he says hey they're just going to do a shot next week and they're not having you here I said what happened he said the electrician bought a rig uh-huh. and has talked himself into doing the next shot I said alright you know it's all good so the shot this guy got for his first shot out of the gate was. So the DP, too, is maybe not going to be so nice about this, too, right? Yeah, because he's, you know, this electrician's gone to the producers and sold them a bill of goods. He didn't yeah. sell it through the DP. No. He sold uh, it through which somebody is else, right? complete suicide there, you know. Uh-huh. And um, so the shot the guy gets is they're in a jail. Hmm. And he has to go walk down. Lots a, of bars, eh? Yeah. <laughs> plenty of horizons. Mm-hmm. And he has to walk down 
the alley of a jail cell and end up with a guy holding the bars looking through the jail. And he, I don't think they said he ever made it past a rehearsal. <gasps> he couldn't even hold the rig that long. Yeah, and I, oh, I knew this so. because they called me very quickly to get down there. But, oh, uh, man. But yeah, there was, there. You know, I think there is a, there's a true art to having that thing, to, to mm-hmm. being able to have a, a, a level shot that, you know, like you watch some of these major guys work that uh, they've done for years without a wave for this kind of, and the uh, and that and they they're solid, yeah, solid work. You know? Well, look when I and, and honestly, yours is some of the most mm-hmm. solid I've no, seen. No, I appreciate it's, that. Some of your holy shit, man, and I've known it for years, but um, but um, when I was starting out, my biggest um. Uh, Probably my biggest mistake mm-hmm. was over correcting, you know, yes. like, uh, you know, you're so worried that you're going to screw it up that you screw it up. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you don't let the rig settle. Right. Yeah. So like you can tell with that Max Payne shot yeah. that you're locked in, you're not twitching, you're not moving. Yeah. You're letting the rig do what it was meant to do, and you're making sure it stays on course. Yeah, there's a reason. That's what you're doing. Yeah, there's a reason why that gimbal six thousand dollars. Right. You know. Right. And and but you've set your. You tri- you trim you trimmed your headroom. Right. And yeah. but you're the captain of the ship. Yeah. And you've put the ship in this direction, and now you're allowing it. It's yes. It's it's as close as it can be to autopilot. Yeah. Because it's a long straight. Oh shot. yeah. And he walks dead down the middle. And, and he's cruising. He's not and taking. He is cruising. Seat. Yeah. And you're. You're low high mode, yeah, and with you know that a little extra headroom yeah. for those overheads, which look fucking cool. That's why I said. And there's 84 that. people in the scene too, mm-hmm. yelling at him the whole way. It's a great little. It's no, a thank great you little very much. I appreciate that. And then he just goes into that room and locks the door and says, "Fuck you all." Yeah. But but um but it makes it's such a good shot. It there's there's a little bit of talking in it. Yeah. But it's mostly background noise. It's all about him, like. Oh yeah, he's dead set on this. No, I t- you know, I tell and your shot shows that. Yeah, because it's about that. That's my point. That's what the shot. Your is shot about. makes it about him. Yes. Yes, that's what I was getting at. And part of that is that stillness to the frame. Right. You know, because there's no distractions. No, there's no, no distractions. There's nothing else to to take your attention. Nothing looks funny. You're yeah. not panning around. You don't have a wiggle going. Which makes the shot work. It really does. That's make it what work. makes the shot work, and it what makes it good for the movie. Yes, it doesn't just make it a good shot; it makes it good in the movie. Absolutely, right. Yeah. So, this these are. I mean, you know, sometimes just relax a little. The most important thing Garrett ever said to me is, I was doing a workshop after I was I had already owned a rig and stuff, mm-hmm. and he said, um, he said, Brad, why is your why is your hand moving so much? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 just just let it be, you know? Yeah, like, let okay. that rig be. And that was always my biggest thing. And yeah. I think I, I, you know, I hopefully have solved that since 20 years ago, but or 18 years ago. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it, it, these things take a while. No, it's an art form, you know, and you don't learn it right away. And it does take time, but... Uh, and I didn't see that in myself. Yeah. Like, the reason I knew to worry about it later was because Garrett had mentioned it. Right. You know? Right, right, right. No, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing um, form of expression. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing that you get. It's an amazing tool that you get to use to tell a story. And yeah. you know, you're putting the camera every place you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It is. It's. 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 There's a reason why he won an Academy Award for it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he won it before it was as ubiquitous as uh, ubiquitous as it is now. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. When he won it in the '90s, no. I think he won it even before that. I can't remember. Somebody Google that. I think. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's, it's. Well, whenever it was, it was yeah. quite a while ago. Yes. And and. And it was before a, every TV show had a stand yes. cam. It's definitely, you know, I remember him saying in an interview one time, um, it's a kind of piece of equipment that they'll have you do shots it was never meant for. And you find that the the more it's used now, there's a lot of stuff we do now, or we do, I can say I did because I'm retired, Yeah, that it was never meant to do, that we pull that stuff off now, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't. 20 years ago nobody would say no you're not putting a 100 millimeter on that thing right you know not that it's necessarily a good shot but we can pull it off yes We're, and the gear has the gear has gotten better too. it's evolved hugely yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, which makes it easier to do that yeah they used to say you know if, when you were a steady cam operator you'd better know an electrician and a machinist because right. <laughs> right. it was going to go down right you know Right, I remember the stories about the monitor going off in the middle of a shot and having to smack it back on. You go to the set and just you were just you would pray that it would fire up and you'd have a picture. You would just pray, you know, (laughs) just 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 get me through this one shot, please. So funny, yeah. Everybody, all the all the um, you're talking about like the three A specifically. Oh yeah, Um, the three A big the big problem with the three A was you'd put an airy on it, an airy three. And it would have a picture and everything was perfect. And then when you would roll it, you'd lose your screen <laughs> because there was a, always a ground problem. And it was a one battery system. Some weird voltage. So you do the rehearsals. You were good to go. And they say rolling and they turn the thing on. And you wouldn't have. An, there was no picture. <laughs> and you're the only one on the set. Who understands what's up. And you don't understand what's up. <laughs> yes. So uh, those days are, it's nice that those days are gone. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is nice to fly film cameras, though. It is now, and you know, I I remember I helped my, I helped a friend of mine, an actor friend, Owen Mackin out. Mm-hmm. I did a pilot with him years ago, but he's a writer and a director in his own right, like very good writer actually. Anyway, he wrote this little short film that he was directing, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hey, Brad, will you do me a favor? You know, we're shooting out in the desert. You come and do it. We're." Sh- I really need somebody good because we're doing, we're shooting 35 anamorphic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, okay. <laughs> we had four or five people go to the hospital with heat stroke. Yeah, little did there I know. Rig. Little did I know. <laughs> no, and I, I loved it, but the reason I went out there for free, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up loaning him my Preston for <laughs> like an extra day. Um, Cause I had a crane shot. Cost you money to do it. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it's worth doing people favors. Absolutely. But, um, and I'm sure he'll come on this show. Uh, yeah. Soon. You, you've played your trump card. He's got to come now. The motherfucker better. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, but but the reason, a big part of the reason I did it is because it was film and anamorphic. Yeah. <clears throat> and. To get that opportunity, absolutely. Yeah, and m- more film, more film than anamorphic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, not that many people are shooting anamorphic film anymore. No, it's, F- it's film really mostly, but um, it's and it's, it's such nice. a beautiful format. And it's the old process again. Yeah, and it's it is beautiful. I mean, 
I remember taking photos of the movement mm-hmm. the XL2 you know yeah, and like yeah. it was never beautiful flying the uh, Primo 50 though Anamorphic 50 that a was a ginormous thing I don't think I flew that I can't remember what we was there a 40 there was a 40 the 40 was normal size the 50 is what crushed you yeah I don't think we had Primos I think we had C-Series anyway yeah the C-Series were nice little light ones yeah lighter yeah yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, you had to have plenty of stop on them you had to put a 5-6 or nothing was going to happen yeah, well, we were out in the desert. Yeah, in the so you were of the day, fine. So, but we low light, low light, forget it. It wasn't going to happen. Stop for years. <clears throat> well, then people started just shooting them wide open. Yeah, and they just well, they fall apart a little, but it's kind of a look too. You no, know, it's a look. You just have the only. I think there's a band of focus right through the middle of it, and everything else kind of just gets crushed when it's wide open. Yeah, but they're. Uh, yeah, they, it's they not are, nice. It's to... funny how people have reverted back to that. It's almost. It almost helps. The harshness of HD at times. Shallow focus yeah, or deep? Yeah. Shallow. And just the fact that the, uh, you know, it's not so precise. It's not so flawless. It's got flaws. It's got a, it's got a texture to it that lens right. does, you know. Yeah, the, that's the thing with film. It's It's got texture. Yeah, and you, your focus rolls in. Mm-hmm. You can see it it's roll in. It's that single plane. Yeah, and with... HD. It doesn't matter how deep it is. It's yeah. either in or like. Yeah. Bah! Yeah. There's no. It's yeah. It's ugly like that. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever figure out how to fix that. Yeah. There was a beautiful part of film that that the focus did, and it, yeah. it really worked as as a storyline or as part of the story. It enhanced it. And you saw plenty of movies with slightly soft shots in them. Yeah. And it was okay. And it was okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gave the film a little character. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And now, if you're a little out, oh, it's, it's yeah. in a garbage can. Yeah. It's, you I, know. I um, was doing a picture with uh, Krishna Rao, who is now a DP. I think he's shooting. I recognize that name. Yeah, I think he did Hawaii Five-0, and now I think he's doing the new Magnum. Oh, okay. And he was my operator uh, for a while when I was an assistant. And we were doing this one picture, and that's when you really depended on the operator's eye. Sure. You know, because he was the only one who could tell you if it was good or not. And we were doing this very critical shot. We got a little more reverence back in those yeah. days when they would have to, you know, when they would say, was it all right? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're looking at a really shitty SD tell. black yeah, and white video tap. Yeah. And we're the, we're the only ones who can see any of Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, we're doing a shot, and uh, it was, a you know, some tight close-up of a major star and uh low light level everything you know long lens everything to make it horrible friday night so you can sweat all weekend for the uh for dailies for dailies on monday <laughs> and so we finished the shot we're going we're we're rapping we're going home and christian looks at me and goes you know man i know i said it was good but i'm having second thoughts i'm not sure about one of them i said christian now you tell me now now this is what we find out he says, no, I got it. Don't worry. When we get in dailies, if it's soft, I'm going to fake a seizure. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> How was it? It was sharp. It was all good. But, Phew, close call. Like, but hey, you had my back. <laughs> well, I had, I had a first, um, uh, I, I may have told this before, but... We're doing a shot, a hard mount shot on a on a on a gator, mm-hmm. like a you know, four wheeler type thing. Right. And um, 
It's Cuba Gooding Jr. running around the corner of this building at full speed. And when he comes around the corner, we floor it. Right. And I'm on an 85, peeling him. Like, eyebrow, it's right. as close as I can be to eyebrows to chin. And he's full speed. And the sun's going down. And this whole movie, we're shooting wide open at a 1-3. Oh, nice. And, and the, he's underexposing by two stops and then pushing. And the sun's going down, and we've got a two. Well, that's nice. And he runs over to us, because they're doing another shot on the other camera over here. The DP runs over to us and goes, drop, a, drop an ND3, and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I looked at my first thing, do not put Yeah, do it's not just put your ND, first look, ND. I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I said he won't have any idea. He's like, okay. And then we did the first one, and it's so hard for me. I'm I'm like hanging on for dear life because yeah. this guy's flooring it. So I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, and and Cuba's about to catch us. Like you were so close, and I'm like, it looked good. And he goes, honestly, I think I fucking nailed it. And how the first AD goes, all right, that's it. And I said, well, hold on, hold on, let's do another take. Yes, the sun's protection. going down. I said, I no, 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 no. We need a second protection. one, man. Yeah, we yeah. need a second one. Okay, okay, hurry up and do a second one. Okay, great. We do a second one. He comes around the corner. The guy floors it. We hit a bump. Motor jumps off. Focus motor. Jumps off. Cut. I, I, got, I got money on which one they used. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. They used the good one, which right. was the first one. But but it was amazing. Like, I could barely tell. Yeah. And because it all happened so fast. Was this, was this green screen get days? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I which still is... use the green screen. <laughs> you got to let go of that crack. You no. got to. <laughs> so, Steve, so um, no, Steve looks at me and goes, I think I fucking nailed it. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. He nailed it. Yeah. And he knew he was that good. No, he just knew there, I nailed There was it. definitely, you know, assistance in their day that. Uh, no Cinetape. No, no, no. They were just, it was called, I called it Zen. Yeah. They just had, they just were that. And there's still are the guys pool. that are oh, yeah. that good. Tons of them. And Tons I look of them. at them, I'm like, oh. And they use the extra tools now yeah, to not? make sure they nail it all the time. Yeah, why Instead not? of 99.7% yeah, of the time. Exactly. They're, they're crazy. It helps with the stress when you're, like I said, you're waiting for that dailies to come out, you know. Now, yeah. but now everybody knows. They know all. They they know instantly. You got fifty people looking at seventeen inch monitors. Yeah. That all if they don't know, it's not my fault, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so that same movie, different focus puller. I got screamed at for I was on a six hundred, and we're we're pulling this guy over a bridge. Blah blah blah. It's a car. Right. It's a con- it's a convoy. The very end. It turns out what we got screamed out. We were told it was completely unusable by the DP. Was the tiniest buzz on a flag at the end of the show? Oh, you're kidding! When the flag's like, it's yeah. a little flag that's on a car. It's right. like this big, right. flapping, and it's full frame. We're in a 600. It's like, ah! and <laughs> and he got the dailies before we got to see him because we were in Spokane, Washington. So it, yeah. they had to go to Seattle. And yeah. He comes. He comes in and says. In the morning one day, he hands the dailies to my first and says, that fucking opening shot of the movie's unusable. Now the DP said this to you? Yeah. And Mike looks at me and goes, what the fuck, man? You told me we got that. And I'm like, I thought we did. And then we went all day going, I wonder what What part it was. Yeah, what the fuck? We did two takes of it. Like, Then we went right back and we opened a beer and we put it in his... DVD player in his computer, and we went, Oh, it's totally fine. What's he screaming about? 
super weird. And then, you know, four weeks later, we're still up there, and the guy, they cut, like, and they cut the opening two scenes of the film together to yeah. show everybody. And that's the first shot in it. The whole thing. Oh, you're kidding. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was just a DP yeah. being a dick. Yeah, I um, <laughs> um, I don't know what brought this in the in the uh, in the memory banks, but uh, I'm doing a picture with. Uh, I did a couple of pictures with uh, Stephen Poster, and uh, it wasn't the DP being an asshole. It's not <laughs> that was the memory bank, but right, uh, right, right, right. Stephen's a great guy. But I did a couple of pictures with him, and um, so we've got Mike Scott's the A operator, and I'm doing the B operator in Steadicam. It was on Daddy Daycare. Okay. And um, Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie Murphy. Okay. Yep. And uh, so Mike Scott gets sick one day, and they bring Dan Golden, great operator. And so we switch. So I'm now doing the A camera, and and Dan's doing the B camera. And um, there's a moment where they're trying to we're shooting on this at this house, and Stephen doesn't want the leaves in the driveway, so he grabs a broom and he starts sweeping the leaves. And then we shoot the shot. The next day, I'm coming to work, and my phone's blowing up. And Norm Parker, the first AD, looks at first AC, looks calls me. And he goes, "What did you do? You're fired. Stephen fired you. What did you do?" And I can't think of anything. I'm like, I didn't do anything. And um, Stephen had walked on the set on the on the um, camera truck, and he had watched dailies at the lab in the morning. And no, sorry, he hadn't watched dailies. He was driving, and, and the lab had called him, and he said, "How was the shot?" And the lab said, "It was great. We even got a shot of you sweeping." What Stephen heard was, "We even got a shot of you sleeping." <laughs> and Stephen went, "What camera?" And they went, "B camera." Well, Dad Gold had rolled on a shot while Stephen was sweeping. sweeping. Uh huh. So I get to work, and Steven's so angry he can't even look at me. Oh, and it's B camera, and, and he's <laughs> forgotten that you did A. And by this time, everybody's kind of putting the pieces together. And finally, it was sweeping, Steven. You were sweeping. <laughs> you weren't sleeping. He thought I had set him up, rolled on him, sleeping. Oh, him God. I yeah, think it could have been the end of the career right there. Uh, That's funny. It was really funny. It was quite, you know. So everybody, it was It was all good. Was it, was, okay. it was, you know. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. Uh, yeah. Well, you shouldn't be sleeping on set if well, you don't want to get shots and don't get filmed. Yeah, well, that's, for sure. yeah. that's for sure. That's for sure. God, man, we could go on, but we've been talking for quite a while. Yeah. And you're out of water. I'm out of water. I'm. Uh, your beer's getting low. My beer's getting low. We better. We better end this. I enjoyed it. It was great. It, it was. was it was really great, man. It was. I mean. We could talk forever, yes, right? This could, it's this, funny how it turns out. You guys I had to convince be, yeah. you to come do it, and yeah, I was all very the scheduling. Hesitant. Yeah, I was very hesitant. I had to, t- I had to tell you, no, you won't be on camera at all. Don't worry, <laughs> it's just voice. Oh, it's just voices. I guess I could do it that. A, no, it, and then we come in and we have a great time. It was great. I actually, I, cheers. Okay, let's, let's see if you guys can hear the uh, the clink. Yeah. Nice. We did a nice laugh <laughs> clink for him. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The Harhoff clink. Yes, the, we should call it the Harhoff clink. He deserves it. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. It was great, man. All the best. Thank you. Oh, and wait, one last thing. I was never convicted. No, what's the name of your company? 
Oh, now um, that, it's not a company. It's just what I teach. Yeah, but you're you named Steadicam lessons. Yeah, Steadicam lessons. Yeah, like dot com or Steadicam yeah, you can, lessons it's on an Instagram. Instagram. It's Instagram Steadicam lessons. Yeah. It's SteadicamLessons.com and uh, amazing. And it's not just Steadicam, right? No, I teach all forms of operating. Everything right. you want to operate. And you told me recently you had a Technocrane. Technocrane seminar where we brought people in and taught Technocrane. Most of my stuff is all one-on-one that I do. Oh, really? Yeah, it's only it's individual lessons. And we basically... Uh, you That's got to be expensive to bring a Technocrane in for one person. <laughs> the Technocrane when I do three people. Okay. And we'll do three people for three hours and then we do three people for three hours. But a normal lesson, oh, like I two give, in a day kind yeah. Of. A normal lesson I give somebody is a two-hour lesson for an individual lesson. Okay, we break it up there. Most of the Steadicam stuff is like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and and not to go on about it, but it was it was amazing that when I retired, I wanted to to teach, and I went on the internet and on old GoDaddy.com, and nobody had SteadicamLessons.com. Beautiful. Yeah, serendipity. Is that what you consider serendipity? Sure. Okay, we'll go with that. Why not? <laughs> I don't have the definition in front yeah. of me, so I'll just agree with you. Yeah. First, 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 uh, first lesson in uh, interviewing: agree with your guest a lot. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, man. I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that. No, I appreciate you know, that. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's cool, and I saw some of your videos on there. And it's worked out well. It's, it's nice. It, it, if you, you know, I I wish when I was starting, I could have gotten taught by somebody that's not only has navigated these giant big budget movies mm-hmm. with big egos and and also done super precision work I appreciate that. and knows their way around the world yeah. you know you've been around yeah. in in you know starting as a loader yeah absolutely. your experience is invaluable no i appreciate that so yeah anyway i appreciate you coming on thank you very much thanks buddy all right take care thanks again to greg for coming on he was great uh i loved all the stories and uh couldn't have asked for a better guest this week. Um, check out his website, SteadicamLessons.com, and check out his Instagram. It's I think it's just Steadicam Lessons. He has a bunch of videos on there, um, him teaching people, and they're pretty good. So, um, and and to learn from a guy like him with over thirty years in the business and such a great operator and such a nice guy, I think uh, it's a perfect fit for him to teach people. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the technical issues. I hope it didn't bother you too much or hurt your ears, Uh, but I'll be back next week with another new episode.